Hey guys, this is a Tyler with Loose Screws. Quick uh, note on this uh, episode. Uh, we actually recorded the audio on this uh, about three weeks ago when we recorded, uh, we recorded the same day that we recorded with uh, Commander Plater. So anything that is uh, said in here was pure speculation at the time. Um, anyway, guys, enjoy Phoenix to Fire. Thank y'all. This is the Chief Archivist of Lave Station, uh, Commander Phoenix Defire, otherwise known as Colin Ford, and you're listening to the Loose Screw Podcast, otherwise known as Hillbilly Banjo Redneck Radio. Yeehaw. I am Ty Worsham, and this is Loose Screws. And with me is my co-pilot, Commander Kai. How's it going there, man? Fantastic, brother. We're flying spaceships, and we're here. We're excited. This is going to line up with our 30th episode, which is a pretty big deal. But the guy with us this evening is probably the biggest interview we've done. I'm not even going to say probably. It is the biggest interview we've done. Uh he is the chief archivist. He is the producer and presenter of the one and only Lave Radio. And probably the guy who remembers Wing Commander Privateer very differently than everybody else. <laughs> Commander Phoenix Defire, Colin Ford. How's it going there, man? Good evening, everyone. Um, that, that's a very, very ego-inflating introduction there, which <laughs> is something I can't handle. <laughs> well, I'm sure your co-hosts uh, over at Lave Radio have warned you, because I've, I've heard your, your comment on them all getting their heads through the door was a little bit rough after their interviews. <laughs> yes, yes. I was talking about having to <clears throat> punch them in the head so they deflate them. <laughs> the best way to put it uh yeah <laughs> over here i don't think we're used to compliments that's that's the main issue <laughs> mm. well for those right, well, you, go, go ahead. For, for those that don't know lave radio um has been doing their show since elite dangerous was in uh beta kickstarter before, yeah kickstarter yes. yeah beta. yeah Kickstarter. <laughs> yeah. Yes. They, uh, they're on episode 283, and there's several lost episodes and miscounted episodes, I believe. So there's probably yeah. a far more, far more than that. Oh, so. there was the, easily there's a, a hundred other quote unquote bonus episodes yeah. of one kind or another, either a live event or things like the Lave Radio data slate, the book club that they had, and all kinds of cool stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. so we we've kind of gone through, and um, I think we've gone through nearly nearly everybody over at Lave, but uh, we wanted to save Phoenix for a special episode, and the reason why is because when I started this, the very first person in the elite community to actually support the Loose Screws podcast was Mister Phoenix to Fire, and uh, I cannot thank you enough because <laughs> what this show has become. I guarantee you is in large portion to you talking about it on your show, and I cannot thank it enough. Thank you enough, man. Well, um, yeah, that, well, you're quite welcome. Um, I mean, the main reason that we do this is because we want the elite community to realize that there are a lot more 
voices that are, um, from different areas that 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 play this game, not just um, as as you <laughs> as was put on your show that um, where we we all talk in fairy language or or as if we're in Downton Abbey. <laughs> hey, I like Downton Abbey, so. <laughs> So yeah, the more voices out there, the better. So, mm. yeah, this. Um, so 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 how 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 long have you been on Lave Radio and and were you there at the very beginning? Because it, it's all meshes no. in my brain now. So no, I, I wasn't in the very beginning. I joined about I think a, a year, eighteen months after they started. Yeah, um, I'm kind of the second generation of Lave Radio. Like well, I would say you're like 1.5 because you were there for a lot of the handover early, early stuff from like Alan Stroud and and them. Yeah. Um, did they, there was this show that they did beforehand called Retrolave and I was on that. That's where I got the reputation for being the chief archivist mm. because for some reason I was able to remember a lot of the instructions from all those old <laughs> games. That's great. And um, yeah, it's amazing that I could remember all this detailed information about how to how to fly a, a Corvette in in, mm-hmm. in I War or Independence War. Mm-hmm. Uh, yet half the half the stuff that I remember at school is out of my head. <laughs> you retain the important bits is clearly what what the the, the lesson is here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As far as playing space sims concerned, <laughs> rest of my real life, no, not really. So uh, I actually have a sort of a weird job that I'm on the road and by myself most of the time for many, many, sometimes 16, 18 hours a day. And mm-hmm. even even though I did not play uh, Elite Dangerous a long time ago, I came into this within the last year, I listened to a couple episodes of Lave Radio and decided I liked it. So I went back <clears throat> and clicked download all and went through all of the episodes. So the early, like episode two, episode three, the ones where basically <clears throat> the biggest reoccurring segment on the show was the bathroom update. Uh, like <laughs> went through all of them. So it's, it's very, very, very cool to see the thing come from where it first started to now where you're basically, uh, I guess to put it, you're, you're the Lord Grantham of elite dangerous. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> That's, I see what the, the guys mean about trying to inflate the ego. I mean, at the, at the moment it's, it's, it's very much a, a case of, uh, <laughs> trying to keep the damn <clears throat> sidewinder crew together because they're, it, <laughs> they're all going off and doing their own thing. They're, the, you are certainly right about that. You've you've made the observation in the past that uh, I sound like a poor substitute teacher trying <laughs> to keep a rowdy class in in line, and it it feels like it a mm. lot at the moment. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah. Well, let's get this in order. Let's get to the important stuff. So let's get cracking. Number one, mm. how is the bunny? Oh God, he is fine. Good. He is hopping. He is hopping around the back garden, and <clears throat> and he's a much happier bunny than before. Good. And you would think that the guys would learn not to give you so much shit about your bunny after when when uh, when Ben uh, Commander Edelweiss 
was giving sh- you shit about your bunny. He got murdered by a bunny that same day. So I, I think that work. is that that is karma working its <laughs> wonderful ways. And, and, and just for the record, cruel rabbit that that did murder Edelweiss. Edelweiss. He's 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 over on Team Loose Screws. I'm just saying. <clears throat> wait, uh, <laughs> wait a second. He's he's just on Team Loose Screws, doesn't he? Doesn't he have some kind of special designation for this month that you're supposed to use? Oh, he is actually our commander of the month because he's of our that. community <laughs> commander of the month. Yes. Yeah. Well, he, he's he's specially gone up in my books can uh, <coughs> uh, to just for bunny revenge. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great. So, all right. Um, for everyone listening, I want to get this out before I forget. For everyone listening, this week, the lave. Uh, radio question, community question is uh, what one uh, article would you write in Galnet if you could submit a Galnet article? And once you get your answer, now don't don't make something full of salt or whatever. Where is it that they send it to, Commander Phoenix to fire? Because I've already placed mine. Well, they can reply either on, at Twitter at Lave Radio, info at laveradio.com if you're using the email, or there is the Facebook. Um, you can just look up Lave Radio and leave a message there, um, to which some of us will, will look at it. And oh. yes, we, we've got tons coming in for that one. Which Actually, I'm, I'm just realizing that we've pre scheduled your interview, so now you're going to have. A bunch of random Americans writing in two weeks later with an old question. <laughs> that, that'll be fine. We, yeah. we are, as you know, there, there is a content drought at the moment. So any any extra content that we could throw basically at the wall, that would be fine. Wait, content drought? <laughs> oh man, I, I, I'm 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 playing catch up still, so I've got too much to do. But I yeah no, <laughs> I get lucky. it though. I get it. I get it. <clears throat> so um, we are doing an interview next week with uh, uh, Stephen Benedetti of, uh, mm-hmm. of uh, Frontier Development Community Management Team. Yes. And <clears throat> we have our question of the week this week, which is uh, if you could arrange for a Frontier Development stream or you had an idea for a stream and they would take your submission idea and do it what would you do and i would love to hear your answer to this mine was to have them intern with spvfa so they spend an hour going to a site with you know a system with beautiful sites and the spvfa guys really show them how to do like photography videography and all that and by extension you know everybody watching the stream Ties was he would love to see them doing color commentary for two really good CQC teams. So like they they do it like an esport where they're uh, the uh, the not they're not against. Let me be clear. I'm not saying the community managers versus good CQC players. I'm saying the community managers doing the commentary while two good teams of CQC players face off. Mm-hmm. What would you like to see them do a stream on? Well, to say the truth. Um, one of the things that I've got into recently and I never thought I would is power play. And I think it would be, I don't know, I think power play is getting a little bit of a short thrift. 
mm. from uh, from the community. It's one of these things that um, is brought up again and again as why Elite <coughs> Dangerous is rubbish. And I think if people realize there's more to power play than just um, delivering leaflets, Mm-hmm. And that the, these guys, that the community managers can show that, mm. then that would probably be quite interesting. So I've I've heard you talking about it for the last two weeks of Labor Radio, where you've been saying like, guys, I've actually been having loads of fun with power play, and uh, <clears throat> it's interesting though because one of the things that you said you've been having fun doing, like the more advanced part of power play right now is actually undermining. And it's interesting because this is sort of the new wave of how to play power play. A year ago or so, maybe eight months ago, you had on several people that were kind of key players in the power play community. And Mm. at that point, you interviewed them and you said, like, what are what are the problems with power play? What is, you know, what's good, what's bad, what's whatever? And mm-hmm. at the time, they all basically said the two biggest problems with power play are this. Number one, there are people that are using bots in solo mode cheating. Power play should be done in all in open, which mm-hmm. you to your credit, you do all in open. I know because you've you've been announced it every every week that that's what you're doing. Yeah. But <clears throat> the other thing that they said is the second problem with power play is that undermining is uh, way too overpowered and undermining is like cheater mode for the game and it's ruining it. And uh, it, right. that was at the time that was the case. And now it seems like there's a new whole third wave where they've given in and said, screw it. If you can't beat them, join them. And now everyone is legitimately playing the game with the undermine mechanic. Ah, uh, no, what I meant by undermining that this is, this is one thing that um, is a little bit of a, uh, a misunderstanding. Ah. Uh, undermining is a, is a is a legitimate tactic in um, in power play where you can go into an opponent's system and try and undermine their uh, their fortifications. Oh, that uh, yeah, okay. that, that's 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 a genuine bit, and normally that is involving either piracy or actual full on um, murder hoboing. The right. opponent's ships, right. which is a lot more interesting than just delivering leaflets. And what the guys at PowerPlay were, descri- were describing is what's known as fifth columning. Fifth column, yeah. Okay, yeah. so you're not, that's not a thing that I no, thought, that's like, not, wow, that's become a legitimate part of the game now. That's become no, like a, no, no, no. No, fifth columning is, is still the, I, I think, the biggest flaw in that game. Mm. Mode. It, it basically, uh, <clears throat> because you can set, um, because you can play against the 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 side that you've pledged to mm-hmm. so heavily, it does cause problems. So, uh, say for instance that you are you you support the blue haired princess, and you're supporting her against the emperor. Mm-hmm. So, what's been happening is that people have been joining the emperor's. Um, uh, the Emperor's power, and basically just trying to screw up uh, the Emperor's uh, power play agenda uh, strategy by yeah. doing stupid moves. Okay. Yeah, and that and that's how you do it. So basically, you will try and get a control system which is so far out of, um, so far from the HQ that basically it it basically bankrupts. 
mm-hmm. the uh, it, it bankrupts the faction, and mm. that mechanic is just so powerful that it it can it it does cause problems. Okay. Uh, See, I, I do power play every week, but I only ever do it to the extent of be in for four weeks, get a bunch of modules, throw them mm-hmm. on some gunships, uh, name yeah. the gunship, you know, uh, you know, mining lances or pack hounds, and then jump to the next one. So I don't have that. I haven't been playing it for real the way you have. So I didn't get that that, that was a distinction. I thought that what had happened is that sort of the entire community had just given up and said, okay, we're all going to fifth column now, and that's how the game is played. <laughs> No, no. Um, as far as I'm aware, especially with the, the Imperial faction I'm with at the moment, uh, is that you know fifth columning is still seen as as basically an underhand okay. way of playing the game. And to be honest, I'm not. I'm, I'm playing this mode is because is um, I wanted to see whether or not uh, it it comes down to the fact that you play with a community. <laughs> Because I've played it before, I've uh, you know I've lone wolfed it and got really bored and really frustrated. Mm. Uh, and I but I wanted to see if you actually engaged with a, a community of people who really played the game pro- the this game mode properly, whether or not it changed your perception. And I must admit, I'm happy to report so far two two weeks in, I'm enjoying it a lot more <coughs> than I would have otherwise. That's interesting. I'm not saying it's perfect. There, there are still issues with it, but if you play in a group, you can really get into it. Nice. That's that's very cool. I think there's a renaissance going on of the sort of unloved sections of the game at the moment because like we've got you who's you know really having fun with power play we've got uh ty and 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 chig and a couple of friends who are really getting into cqc like there's there are aspects of the game that are largely maligned and and whatever but that if you go into it with the right attitude i think people are having fun with well, CQC has always been fun. Um, the problem with CQC has always been getting a match. Hmm. Um, that's why we, we push the, the CQC dis, uh, Discord every single episode is because uh-huh. the main flaw with CQC is getting uh, and arranging a match. Once you've got that match, you will normally find it is an absolute blast. And um, even if you've got some stupid guy who's got two accounts on the go and there's just one hanging around in the background it is still it's still absolutely fine and i uh, i see ben is um trying to inflict smut into the, the chat room already mm. well that's that would that it wouldn't be ben if he wasn't doing that <clears throat> <laughs> you see, Ben Ben used to be actually quite straight laced. Hmm. Um he used to be quite straight laced, he used to be quite in, quite um informative and quite uh you know, level of the road. And then this this podcast <laughs> called Dockers came yep. along. And for some reason, ever since Dockers, he's turned into a smutmeister. Ever since uh Dick what's his name? Oh, Jack Sofalot is his name. Yeah. Him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and if, yeah, it's it's as if something switched in his brain, mm. and and that's it. Is everything has got to become a, an innuendo? It was basically that was where where he first touched the what what is it called like the proto molecule or whatever <laughs> uh, from uh, from. Uh, 
He touched something and didn't wash his hands. <laughs> he should have listened to the uh, CDC and washed his hands thoroughly. But oh well, for twenty seconds while <laughs> while humming. What, <laughs> yes, I don't know what you're supposed to hum to it now. Uh, I think it's probably "God Save the Queen." <laughs> right? I mean, it seems obvious to me. Yeah, it's probably the Sex Pistols version. Knowing him, yeah. There you go. Actually, that's a good. That's a good. Good version. All right. I've so seen a bunch of stuff that you're supposed to hum it to. <laughs> everything from like the uh, what's called the Marine uh, Credo all the way down. So <laughs> mm. start start washing your hands and just you know from the halls of my yeah that one yeah I, I think it's actually a Credo but, yeah. yeah no uh, <clears throat> anyways uh, yes. bringing it back bringing it back so. All right, so you've been having a lot of fun with power play, and so your idea is you would like to see them really I, I, promote. I that. would like to see them um, actually do something with power play that's that's not um, power play has got a, a reputation of just being oh you take one bunch of leaflets from one system to another mm. and and that's it. But um, it would be nice <laughs> to show them be you know show that there's there's more depth to it than just mm. that. Uh, you know. Now I have a question. If mm. this is going to be an official Colin Ford Lave Radio, you know, suggestion for a stream, how are we going to fit in some way for Shan to cheat? Oh, Shan would find a way somehow. <laughs> He's probably doing the fifth columning already. <laughs> oh, okay. Yes. Uh. I mean, the, the main reason that Shan, uh, I think Shan wants um, so many such detailed facial expressions on the commanders is that he wants to see their expression when he pushes them out of the airlock. So, mm. Well, that, that's what makes him your in-human resource director. Yes. <clears throat> quite, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, he's, he's, he's a very nice nice person and quite considerate person in real life. It's just mm, when he he's is. flying a spaceship, he, he turns into an absolute monster. I take issue with that a little bit. So... I, I agree that he, you know, I could really just flip this around and say, like, he's not nice in real life now. He's very, very nice and sweet in real life. I, I think that he's also maybe a little nicer than, than he comes off. I think that for Lave Radio, all of you guys are sort of playing your part. I think that <clears throat> Souverain is most definitely playing the part of the, you know, upright journalist and, you know, he'll laugh at this and that or whatever, but he, he won't really uh, sort of suggest things out of line. I think uh, Ben is playing the part of the perv and, the you know, one of the two bad boy team. And nope. I think that no, he, well, he is. Okay. But I will say this. I, I will, while Ben, okay, maybe it fits a little more actual for Shan. I 100% am sure that Shan is playing up for the crowd. Shan is playing <laughs> at all of his stuff of the congest Shan charge ideas and all of his different things of like, well, you know, I think we should charge more for this and this, that, and the other. He's saying it all with a, one, a smile on his face like, oh, okay, this is going to rile up the masses. 100%. Oh, oh yeah. He's, he's, uh, he's trolling us 100% of the time. But oh, yeah. um, <laughs> there are some times when you just think, ah, that's a little bit too true, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> you've got too much experience in knowing how these these kind of trolling system works. You did come up with some kind of taxation system in the past, haven't you? <laughs> yeah. And so, you are the long-suffering uh, herder of kittens. You have to get all the kittens marching in the same direction, and they're constantly, one of them is wandering to go get yeah. them back in line. That that's pretty much it. I'm afraid to say that that there's no other personality there. That, that's just basically trying to keep the show running. So let me ask you because when when Ty introduced you, he introduced you as the the head of something I've never heard of it, uh, Lave Radio or so. I, I I don't know. I know mm-hmm. you as the host of Top Shift. That's clearly what you're famous <laughs> for. So why don't you tell us a little bit oh, about Top man. Shift? I haven't done it. Actually, I'm working on a top shift, a top shift at the moment with nice. the power play. But um, Top Shift started as a web series, I think. Oh, mm-hmm. God. Just after the alpha. Uh, I got 119 episodes in. But the problem is, Live Radio comes along and just takes away all your time. So mm. I haven't been able to do Top Shift. It, it's a, basically, it's, it's a let's play um it, it covers a lot of uh, things you normally don't hear about in, in the community. Uh, I mean, one of the things that I have been doing on Top Shift is the virtual reality headsets, which don't cost you an absolute fortune. Mm-hmm. So um, there is software that you can buy which will allow you to link up your um, your Android phone and and your iPhone into one of these cheapy headsets, and it will have the head tracking, and it'll have all the um, the bits that you need in order to uh, to give you a taste of VR. It's it won't be as good. It's not as good as um, having a proper bespoke headset, but it's enough to uh, to give you a taste of it, and whether or not you know um, you're going to be able to cope with the motion sickness and things like that. Mm. So, I mean, that's that's one thing that I do. But I must admit, the last couple ones of those those I've done is the the headsets and the uh, the tracking have got so much better that it's like the it's better than the old DK two, mm. which uh, uh, we you had problems reading the text in that one, but in, in the latest one, it's a lot better. And then Cal comes along and with his latest <laughs> VR headset. Yeah, 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 and he just puts that in front of you and says, "Try that on." And you think, "Oh God, I'm actually sat here now." This is... <laughs> stop showing off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, Top Shift is is my uh, is my uh, YouTube series. But the problem with that one is that Live Radio does take up so much time. I, I'm not able to focus on it as much <laughs> as I'd love to. Mm. Okay. So, well, I will be anxiously looking forward to, though, a new Top Shift coming soon, TM, about PowerPlay. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's going to be an interesting one to see whether I can get it out before the fleet carrier announcement comes along, whenever that might be. <laughs> soon, TM. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a race to see which guns comes out first. Although I've yeah. got a sneaky suspicion people will be a lot more interested in the fleet carriers than <laughs> than I come out with. Mm. Well, since you brought up fleet carriers, let's talk about them real quick. What do you uh, What do you think we're going to get out of fleet carriers? <sighs> oh, I've been over that in my head so many times. Um, originally, I thought you know, you know how the the massive freighters are in um, No Man's Sky. Oh yeah, 
yeah, I thought we were going to get something similar to that. Um, Shan and company, they they originally thought they were just going to be like mobile stations, but I think they're going to be more than than just uh, a, a station that will, you can jump 500 light years at a time. What that's going to entail, I've got no idea. Um, there, there could be that the support ships you send away like the frigates in No Man's Sky or um, they have different kind of functions depending on the kind of uh, support frigate you have. And they haven't even said whether or not you're restricted to just one. You might have a whole fleet of little frigates next to you. Um, at the moment, all we know is that... Um, you're going to be able to store up to 16 ships. You're going to be able to jump at 500 light years and you're going to have kind of executive control and it'll need fueling. Mm. That's all we know. And, uh, and until they give us more details, it is, it's, it's, it's difficult to, to say. I mean, they've they've said on their live streams that they're you know it will change the way you play your game. It, we'll just have to wait and see because uh, I know that the the people on our crew that it's a, it's about a, a a fifty fifty split of whether or not it'll be useful or not because some yeah. people are just saying it's just a vanity item, and other people are thinking no no this will completely and utterly change the game. Do you well? Let me ask you this: What do you, what do you like? Best case scenario, what do you want out of them? Well, basically, I'd, I'd think that uh, some high-end money sink is needed uh, for for the game. It's, people will look at these as fleet carriers like end game content, and Elite Dangerous at the moment does need a new section of end game content. Um, because for the last year, what's it, eighteen months or so, that everything has been really tailored for uh, new players. It's mm-hmm. time for some of the uh, veteran players to get some uh, something that they can get their teeth into. Well, kind of go along the same lines. Then, um, do you do you think that we'll? Because when we when we talked to the pilot months and months back. One of the things he mentioned was the burning the bubble theory. I'm sure you've heard oh, about now. Yeah, I've I've heard about this one, and we've had people come up to us and say, as soon as they announced it at uh, the uh, <coughs> the FDev show, uh, they went, "Oh, great! They're going to burn the bubble. They're going to burn the bubble." And I'm there going, "No, they won't. They won't throw away that much work that they've put into the bubble <coughs> just for for." Uh, uh, for convenience sake. So um, let, let me hit you. Oh, I'm sorry, finish that thought. Uh, no, no, no. I, I just don't think that Frontier will get rid of um, what's already there. They, they will, uh, they'll do something else, I think. Let me hit you with my variation and mm-hmm. see if this tickles your fancy, uh, which sounds naughty, actually, now that I think. Uh, <coughs> anyways. We'll talk more about tickling fancies. So, anyway, you, you two have been talking to Ben far too much. <laughs> uh, no, I just, I'm remembering uh, last week's show or whatever when you were like, "Oh my God, Ben has has got me" because you were doing that. That's what she said. <laughs> but, uh, anyways, um, 
Yeah, Elite Dangerous has lost a lot of its dangerous, and that's kind of sad for some of us because they've nerfed the world, money's easy, everything is sort of easier and easier and easier. Mm -hmm. And now with the most recent, you know, your crew members are on your insurance policy. And don't get me wrong, I'm not against a lot of these things per se individually, but when you add them up together, what you end up with is... They are making this nerfed. They are making this more new player friendly and more sort of like, you know, it's elite parentheses, not so close parentheses, dangerous. (laughs) And don't get me wrong. I get the emphasis on getting new people in and up to speed. Yeah. But here's what I would like. I would like a section of the game to be elite fucking dangerous. All right? So, how about this is a thought. They release fleet carriers and they unlock a little a little grid of say maybe 20 or 30 systems <clears throat> deep in the coal 70 sector. Mm-hmm. And now fleet carriers can jump the 500 light years to get into that little grid. And yeah. in that grid now, in the rest of the game, Elite is still Elite, not so dangerous. We welcome, hello, kitty, come on in. Everybody's happy and <laughs> shiny, and everyone gets a sticker, and new players all get their free piece of welfare cheese, and yada, yada, yada. But in that little sector, it's Elite fucking Battlestar Galactica. Hold on, you got to scrap for everything, and the world is going to fuck you dangerous. <laughs> I think that would be an excellent idea. Uh, basically the sort of some kind of uh, expedition to find uh, I don't know, they find I don't the Tharg homeworld, the Tharg Thar- territory yeah, something to do with Thargoid <coughs> territory or things like that which will allow people to really need to take the fleet carriers in somewhere and then they've got to use those support craft in a way that that will save humanity because and if, if you, you lose it out there, then the Pleiades gets burnt again, or the the, the Thargoids come in on a major strike. And if you do it that way, like, like I said, it's just a handful. It's 30, 40 systems that are deep in the coal 70 sector. Everything around it is walled off, not permit permitted. So you mm-hmm. can't have any noobs accidentally stumble their way in there. It's only no. going to be for the people that sign up for this shit that really want to go there. And well, then for the you know for us that want elite fucking dangerous we can go and we can play the game on hard mode and we can play the dark scrappy survival hold on for everything that you can everything is rough but like oh my god are you enjoying the fuck out of this i am and for and at any point if you want to bail at any point if you're like all right this is too hard i want to go back to easy mode it's you know you 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 jump your ship out you you, you jump your uh, your carrier out or whatever and <clears throat> I would think that they would need to come up with some form of a mechanic in game where even if you you know caught a ride in on your buddy's carrier or something if you don't have a carrier they can mm-hmm. come up with some lore friendly way of like you hit a beacon and then a jump ship a small carrier jumps into your area you you get on it and you can scrabble your ass back to the easy mode. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it does sound as if, you know, it, once we get the fleet carriers, people will need something to do with those fleet carriers mm. that 
obviously will not break the background simulation mm -hmm. because there's been a, an awful lot of uh, speculation, so much speculation, oh God, <laughs> about how, how, you know, if you've got a... If you've got a trade section in your fleet carrier, does that mean you've got commodity storage? Mm. If you've got commodity storage, well, that actually breaks the whole trade system. So, you know, that, that's been going back and forward. And I, I, it, it all depends on whether or not you've got confidence that Frontier are just going to allow that or whether or not it's... Um, uh, a, or whether or not they're going to lock it down and say that, that no, there's a system that will stop it, uh, stop it from breaking the background simulation. I completely agree with you that it needs a that it needs end game content, which means people with your uh, massive Corvette with the the multiple Guardian weapons on it. Uh, you need something to really get your teeth into because at the moment. Um, even though the Thargoid content, I think, is really good, uh, it it does feel like it needs to be move, moved up another level, especially when you get the fleet carriers. You need something to balance it. Completely, completely. All right, I was, so I was in the wrong damn button again. Even though I moved it, <laughs> I was like, I was like, I'm waiting. I'm like, Ty's gonna come in. I'll wait for him. And then it was like, okay, he's not. Never mind. I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> but to answer your original question, I don't think they're going to burn the bubble. They still need that bubble to ease people into the game. And whereas, whereas with my idea, everything gets to stay the same, so they don't loot, they don't alienate anyone, and people who want it hard get to go to a special place where you can get it hard. Mm. Fuck well, off, and that's go not to what I'm a special about. place where you can get it hard. That's, yeah. Fuck mm -hmm. off, Ty. That's not what I'm talking about either. <laughs> I, I literally did a fuck off Ben in the middle of it, and then it was like, oh well, apparently I have to amend that to include Ty. Yeah, um, <coughs> look, it, it's even now he's got an infect. He's infected you too as well. It's like, it's like the sort of the Ben virus. It's mm. this is this is what I this is what I hope that you would avoid, but obviously not. No, we did not. Unfortunately, uh, before Trump closed down the borders, uh, the the virus spread here. So the Edelweiss virus got mm -hmm. to you, did it? Mm -hmm. Edelweiss nineteen. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's basically Edelweiss and the the age of the girls he's chasing around. Oh shit! <laughs> All right, I'm glad you went that high. I really did. Just, that? Uh, no, it, you, can, you can forget that bit. Uh, oh, oh, you said I'm, you're glad that we went high. Oh my god! All right, so uh, just ignoring that one and moving right along. Um, mm -hmm. Yes. So, all right, <clears throat> we've asked you. Okay, just just. Because when we asked you, what do you think on fleet carriers? All right. You gave us, I'm sorry, but I'm going to call you out on it. You gave us a bullshit answer. You gave us the, I'm the radio announcer host of the show answer. And you've said, well, some people have said this and some people have said that and yada, yada, yada. So now I'm going to just put it right to your face. You're not a radio host right now. You're not the host of the show. You're being interviewed. You're a dude. You're a commander. What do you think? Not, I don't want to hear what you think. What you're telling me, Shan thinks, and 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 the community, and this one and that one. What in your balls? What do you feel is coming? <laughs> what do you want to come? What gets you excited? What are you like? This is what I want. I want. What this. is happening to the show? Oh my God. <laughs> I I know I, mean, I I wasn't expecting something something <laughs> this. 
<laughs> Come I'll on, tell me wait. what's in your bowls. I'm what? waiting, man. What 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 do you want? <laughs> uh, <laughs> just, give, just give me a second. <laughs> Uh, need need whiskey. Hang on. Yes, let's all let's all drink some. <sighs> right. Well, basically, I want I want something that is going to be fun. It's going to be interesting. I want to have a fleet carrier that I can take somewhere and fight something with. Mm. To be honest, maybe a Thargoid um, mothership or something. Yeah, a Thargoid mothership or something like that. <laughs> I mean, I would like it. That you could take on other people's um, fleet carriers, but they've they've said that's not going to happen. Yeah, I mean, I would like it if you could drive the fleet carrier off like you can drive off capital ships, because mm-hmm. that is awesome. Mm. And um, well, they didn't say that you can't do that. They said that fleet carriers are indestructible, so that doesn't mm-hmm. mean that you can't make them bugger off like capital ships. Because yeah, by definition, that's that's a way that you can sort of. Uh, destroy a fleet carrier without destroying. It's a soft destroy. You you can yeah. force it to bugger off. Mm. We see this. This is the thing because I have um, what I would like to see and what I know what is possible. What would you um, like to see? What I would like to see is you know the um, <clears throat> the introduction. There was a the, one of the very first videos they did to promote Elite Dangerous was the capital mm. ship battle, mm-hmm. and I would love that kind of thing to happen with fleet carriers, where you have mm. two players carriers turn up, uh, and basically they batter the hell out of each other. But mm. it's only when the player wins and drives the other one off does does the encounter win. However, I know from my um, development experience that kind of thing would be very, very difficult to pull off. And that would also uh, require you flying the ship, which they've said, we're not flying it. We sort of schedule a jump through the galaxy map. Well, yeah, no, you could, you could still <coughs> schedule it to, uh, or schedule it to arrive at the same time as somebody else, or somebody else knows that you're there and will send his carrier to that particular point. Mm. But and, and then, of course, depending on uh, which squadron or what your allegiance is, you, you could have, I don't know, I do know that the fleet carriers, you're going to be allowed to only allow yourself to dock or your squadron to dock or maybe even your power to dock mm. or everybody. It'll be, it'll be one of those options. Mm-hmm. and But then what happens if you could set your, your carrier to hostile? So as soon as it comes in there, if there's not anybody who's in your squadron or in your power, then that's it. It's it's open fire time. Hmm. That, that I mean, that, yeah, that, that, you know, I, w- I would love it to see a sort of player v player um, fleet carrier battle. Mm. But the problem is, is that uh, that that's what the little bit of me inside would really like. Okay. The, the main issue that I do know is that <laughs> my developer head comes on and goes, they won't be able to do that because the engine, I don't think, can handle it at the moment. Mm. All right. So, hmm. Interesting. All right. I'm sorry. I had to just get a little confrontational there to get you out of sort of announcer mode because you're you're so used to no seriously you're so used to being the guy that sort of 
frames the discussion and couches everybody's responses into a thing that you like take everything into effect. And I'm more interested in hearing <laughs> the Colin Ford answer. I want to hear what, what Colin really thinks, you know? Ah, oh, this is the problem. Half the time when you do, when you actually <coughs> hosting live radio, it, you don't have opinions of your own. <laughs> well, it's, see, but here you vomiting the yeah, here we we're not having you. We're not having you sort of whatever respond to everybody else's. We want to hear your opinion. So okay, uh, continue on that train. Now, what what do you tell me? Just your gut, and I know this this answer doesn't have to have anything backing it up other than just your gut. What do you think carriers are going to cost? Oh, um, well, I reckon that they're actually going to be. Approximately a billion. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I think they're going to be very. From what everybody else was saying, um, they're, you know, they're all saying five billion, twenty billion, that kind of thing. I think it'll just be a straightforward billion. Mm. However, the support ships and the bit, <coughs> the extra bits that you get for it, mm. that will probably cost a hell of a lot more. So what do you, okay, so you're thinking a billion is the price tag, just like when you buy a cutter, it's, mm -hmm. you know, X million. What do you think is the total price tag for when you have it tricked out? Just a ballpark. <laughs> oh, God. Um, yeah, I think, I think we're looking between five and 10 billion for the whole lot. Okay, interesting. Because I think that, you know, once you get that one billion done, mm. then... Um, the amount of money that you'll be able to bring in from the from the support ships and things like that will probably mm -hmm. um, be exponential. So you'll be, you know, you'll be able to really rake in the cash at that point. So you're thinking something like a back in the day when people were just starting to get their freighters, you would buy the cheap ass freighter and mm -hmm. then use that freighter to generate income to pay for the upgrade Uber God mode tr trader. Yes. That's that's exactly what the kind of thing that you're on about because you normally you'd get a a T nine you would basically max it out with as as many cargo racks as possible mm. and then um, you'd find that one golden run that would that would just pay you out and then before you know it you'd have enough money for the uh, for the the big anaconda and and also if you're uh, that way inclined the the big imperial cutter because you know the cutter carry does the cutter carry more than the t9 now the t9 can, can carry more than the cutter uh without shield they both are if you're going to do sort of the sensible variant then you're, you're both going to have the same mm, wow I, I remember when <laughs> this, this is it it's going back just two years the t9 wasn't the the big cargo carrier mm -hmm. it is now mm -hmm. because the cutter was had a lot more um, space in it, mm. so you know people would get the imperial rank, uh, they would go through that grind to get the imperial rank, uh, get the money together using the T nine, and then eventually move it up to the cutter. Which, of course, once you got your cutter, that made you even more money. That's still, I think, what the majority of people do because. <clears throat> if you have them shielded and sort of set up properly in a in a real good sort of defensible trader that can take a a, a lick and keep on keep on ticking, uh, he, the cutter is is king. Mm -hmm. So that's that's still that's still the case. Well, so, 
So, so to kind of give you an idea, uh, I went and looked it up real quick. If you if you full cargo them out, the difference is seven ninety four for the cutter for the cutter versus seven ninety for the top nine. So it's it's a uh, we're oh, talking about four yeah, tons is what we're talking about. So mm-hmm. yeah, but you want the cutter because the cutter can take more punishment than the right. Absolutely, and it's got a lot more guns. Absolutely. <laughs> so it's it's ugly as hell though, but you know. While we're continuing on <laughs> on the honesty train of the what Colin Ford thinks, <laughs> what do you think is going to be? What what do you think about the Brucey bonus? What do you think about the like you know the little slip, the little comment about like new and innovative innovative mechanics, completely new and innovative mechanics that they will bring? What what are you what, well, you what see, would you is, like there? Right. This this is a genuine <laughs> answer. Is that I don't know. Okay, that's fair. Because, because um, originally, what we all, what I thought it was going to be was we were going to have the the fleet carrier, which would need fueling, and you'd have the support vessels. And all that would happen is, if depending on the support vessel you have, <laughs> that would enable the option on the uh, the dock menu of the support carrier, so mm. that'd be like the station. So if you had the mercenary one, then suddenly the mercenary contacts would appear. Mm-hmm. If you if you had the trading one, then you'd have the the marketplace. Mm-hmm. But um, if what Bruce has said um, is turns out to be true, then I think it it might those that idea is completely dead in the water, and they've come up with something else. And I cannot for the life of me think of what they've come up with well either that it might not be dead in the water it might be all of that plus the brucey bonus <laughs> you know what i mean like seriously it might yeah. be that it's like okay the the <clears throat> it might be all right the uh the uh mining ship is going to have you know like the exploration ship is going to have universal cartographics but mm-hmm. then but that but that doesn't to me scream New and completely new and innovative mechanics. To me, it's like, okay, that's the bit maybe that was there before. What's the Brucey bonus? What is it? (laughs) I'm I'm excited. I'm I'm ready. I'm waiting. You see, yeah, and and that the moment is the one bit which, when you let that slip, I thought, oh, there might be more to fleet carriers than I'm expecting. Mm. Then, Mm. and at that point, my enthusiasm kind of rekindled a little bit. Yeah, right? Because, you know, new stuff. Yeah. It's always going to be new stuff. And as long as it's it helps the game and it's not predictable, then I think that's great. Mm. 100% agree. So we're all kind of looking at like a slip. I kind of look at it like it was, I don't want to say directly planned, but I feel like it was uh, <laughs> like, like, hey, so at some point, say this, or kind of, kind of, kind of, draw, kind of go down this path. Mm. Interesting. Um, I I don't think so. You see, the one thing about Frontier is they're very, very tight-lipped. Um, where the, I saw a whole lot of conspiracy theories about, um, you know, when the leak happened, that Frontier leaked it on purpose. No way. It was all such. I was there at ECM when the leak happened, and <clears throat> the three community guys that were there, that Sally, Page, and, and Will, mm. they disappeared. They, they, it, it was sort of um, panic stations as far as they're concerned, mm. uh, and you don't. That doesn't happen uh, if it had been a kind of planned leak. 
Yeah. Well, first off, what you're saying is absolutely correct. But secondly, even if you don't take that into account for anyone that didn't have that information, the fact of the matter is, is Frontier Development is a publicly traded company. Mm-hmm. As such, that if that leak were done on purpose internally as like a corporate strategy to drum up ideas or, or like promote like uh, interest or excitement or hype, that literally is the kind of thing someone could go to jail for because that affects their their uh, share yeah, price. It, it can so that's it like completely inciting training and in, in, yeah, in some ways, uh, <laughs> like even but, the, the, the Formula One uh, announcement that they just made as a public statement. Mm-hmm. Like they had to do it. Like if you notice when you read through that, the bit that all the gamers cared about was the top paragraph or two. After that, there were loads of disclaimers. And this was, you know, this is the corporate officer in charge of this and that. Because if you don't release information properly on a publicly traded company, you can literally get sued, be liable for millions of dollars and or have situations where people go to jail for insider trading. So, like, that's completely bogus that it's like, oh, yeah, they let, let that out themselves. Yeah, I mean, that that is one of the things that um, people forget about when dealing with this kind of thing is that we are dealing with public limited companies. And uh, when one of the, we're all frustrated at the moment about the fact that whenever anything about new content uh <laughs> Whenever new content is is request, you know, information about new content is requested, um, they say we can't talk about anything because you know we'll talk about it when it's good and ready. And one of the reasons is because of the financial position of of the financial status of the company. Uh, yeah, I mean, you just look at um, look at Hello Games. <laughs> Uh, they did the best thing they could they could do by mm. just shutting up and, and proving everybody uh, wrong by yeah they, they proved everybody wrong by shutting up and then getting double downing and getting the game done properly mm-hmm. and they've gone and turned things around and uh, and, and I, I'm a huge believer of the fact that I would like to see more engagement from the community management team. I would like to see more information coming out from the devs to us. I would like to see them reverse their policy and start bringing more information forward. But that has to be handled. That's not in a vacuum. That has to be handled in consultation with legal and corporate and liability issues and whatever. And that has to be happening in a world that is not having, you know, leaks going out. And that has to happen in an environment where when they do open up, they find a receptive and uh, supportive community as opposed to like when the horizon stuff came out there was a huge wave of just salt and bitterness and whatever and Mm -hmm. i think that that does nothing but encourage a company from a corporate side to say like well look if they're going to shit on us for everything we say and use our words against us let's now you go into lawyer mode and it's like you just answer everything with a yes or no and a no comment yeah um well i can tell you exactly when that happened i mean as far as elite dangerous is concerned (laughs) the 2.3 release 
um, which was the multi-crew commander's one, the, the salt level on that was mm. so high. I mean, partly because A, it was a bad release. There, there was some absolute glaring bugs in there that, which stopped people from being able to play it. Mm. But um, some of the uh, vitriol about the design mechanics that, that came out, um, it, you could just tell from the people, from the developers' reactions when they were on the streams that we don't want to come on these streams anymore. Right. Uh, and from that point on, I mean, the Thargoid stuff was supposed to be um, was supposed to be kept under wraps anyway, because mm-hmm. then, you know that was that was always <clears throat> always what they were going to do. But from that point on, I felt that's when they've decided to right. We're not going to put out as much open information as we used to. Right on, and. Uh, They've, they've stuck with that policy since because uh, I, I, I have a genuine feeling that whenever they, they put something out, they just get so much grief back that it's it's not worth doing. And the, and there there comes a point in any creative endeavor where you've got to um, you've got to do something which you believe hundred percent in until you've finished it. Mm. Because if you if you try and change your mind halfway through, then basically the end product will be a bad compromise. Hmm. Star Citizen, for example. Well, um, yeah, I mean, you, they've been <laughs> flip-flopping on that left, right, and center. Um, it's beginning to come together now. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm a backer of Star Citizen. Um, you both. Yeah, and I, I deeply regret actually backing it. <laughs> Because uh, basically, what started off as a Wing Commander remake, I thought, yeah, I'll pitch him for that. Suddenly turned into a freelancer remake, and I went, I didn't really want that. And you know, but that's that's <coughs> by the by. Mm. It, it does seem sound as far as they're concerned that we're going to get Squadron Forty Two first, which is what I wanted. So mm-hmm. as long as that comes out, the rest of it can, <laughs> you know. So you 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 went through a roller coaster of like huzzah. I think you cut out there, Kai. Yeah. Uh-oh. Can you hear me now? <laughs> yeah, we were, we were we were everything up to huzzah and then it went quiet. It was I said you went through like a huzzah. Oh no. Yeah, basically. That's mm. that's that's pretty much my experience with Star Citizen. Is of hooray, that looks good. Oh, okay, they're doing what now? Oh. Mm. Okay, <laughs> so you know, um, but you know what they've got there—it's it's beginning to look good. Um, uh, it's just wish I had a machine strong enough, to, uh, powerful enough to run it. <laughs> yeah, I don't think. I think <laughs> that, 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 that thing's not done. done by the, yeah, that thing's not done, and by the time it's done, but, uh, yeah, but I'm, I'm quite happy enough playing Elite Dangerous for the moment. So you know, there's not. Uh, it's not that much of an enhance. Uh, what was it? Oh, there's not much uh, I want to do to jump or jump ship, if you see what I mean. Mm. So, so you mentioned playing Wing Commander and whatnot. I'm I'm a huge Wing Commander fan. Uh, mm-hmm. Did you ever play Independence War? Independence War. Yeah, yeah, that is one of my favorite games. <laughs> in fact, actually, if you look uh, in, in my uh, YouTube channel, you'll find a whole load of let's play through Independence Wars. That I, I've got on there. I, 
both, I loved both Independence War and, and Independence War 2. They were so good. And that was where, <laughs> that was the game where I learned that uh, uh, spaceships don't fly in space like <laughs> jets, you know? <laughs> no. And the, the, the fact that they put full Newtonian physics in and managed to make it fun, that, that's, that's fantastic, that is. You know, in, in that game, um, I always, uh, they had that, that one ship, or I can't remember exactly how it worked now because I played too many space games since, but I remember the sniper cannon in that game. Mm-hmm. And you could you could snipe ships from so far away. And I got rather good at it because I would just kind of, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, Newtonian physics fly really hell far away and, and cut the thrusters and turn over and just as I'm flying backwards from them, just snipe them. And, yeah. Uh, I really want something like that in Elite, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, the closest you've got really is the real is, is the real guns, isn't it? These yeah, sort of, uh, yeah. You can go flight assist off and then just go mad with the real guns, but um, no, I don't think there's anything like it. Um, I mean, the old Frontier and First Encounters was full Newtonian, but it wasn't as much fun as Independence War. Did you ever play um, Free Space or Free Space 2? Uh, I played Free Space. Uh, I didn't get around to watch playing Free Space 2, which uh, everybody tells me is supposed to be the best of those kind of Wing Commander type uh, mission-based space games. Uh, I've got it actually on GOG. I've still got to get around to actually playing it. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah, it's the only one I haven't played, which everybody else is going, what? That's the best one. That's <laughs> well, you got that to look forward to. Yeah, well. I don't know if I would agree it's the best one because I really enjoyed uh, uh, Wing Commander 3, the, what was called Eye of the Tiger. I really enjoyed that one. Mm. Uh, I preferred that for the plot rather than the, the fighting. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, and I must admit, when you actually compare the flight models between X-Wing uh, and Wing Commander, you just realize how much better X-Wing was because um, X-Wing is... is, is oh, it, I, I went back and played Wing Commander 3, I think, um, mm. 18 months ago, and I couldn't believe how rigid... That's the, that's the best phrase. How rigid the flight model is. Mm. It is just literally left, right, up, up, down. While if you're if you're in an X-wing, it's bank left, bank right, uh, and up, down. And the, just that <clears throat> fact that the, the ship banks as it turns left just makes such the difference. Well, when they, you go they, back, oh, go ahead. They, they they changed it in Wing Commander Prophecy. And made made the flight engine a lot better there. I must admit, I did enjoy that one. But you see, this is the thing: you go back and replay these games, mm. and then all of a sudden you see mm-hmm. how much better the games we've got at the moment are. I, that's literally what exactly what I. When you go back to these old ones, like it was so amazing at the time. Yes. And now that with with what we've got, we're like, well, you know, that's not as good as, you know, this. And it's like, well, that's because, you know, it's 30 years later. <laughs> it is. I mean, um, in one of the retro leaves we did, we did Privateer. Mm. And I had, I really remember <laughs> playing Privateer to death and thoroughly enjoying it. The main problem I had was that when I went back to it, it oh my God. I shouldn't. I shouldn't. It spoiled my memories. 
I'm well, like, right now. I didn't like Privateer then. I don't like Privateer now. I think it's one of the worst <laughs> ones. <laughs> so, so uh, about two months ago, maybe a little longer, uh, with the, you know, hey, what have you been up to this week in Lave? Uh, mm-hmm. You had said, like, I've been playing uh, a Pool of Radiance. And I, I remember the old SSI. Is it SSI or SSI? It's the gold boxes, yes. Yes. I remember those old games, Pool of Radiance, Champions of Kryn, all yeah. of them. I used mm-hmm. to love, I would set my party up with the Barbarian guy, the, the, uh, uh, um, the not the Knight Templar. What's the name of the one where he was the Uber tank? He was, the, was it the Templar? It was the Paladin. Pal- yeah, Paladin, yeah. that's the name. And then I would have the little guy, the little tiefling guy in the back with I had the plus one to his sling or plus two to his sling attacks. Oh, I, <laughs> yeah. I love that. And then the, the, the key to that game, basically just the way I played it at least, the key to every engagement in that game is I would funnel everybody into, depending on the, the shape of the hallway or the room I was in, I would funnel everybody in and either go chain lightning or the delayed blast fireball. <laughs> oh, so good those games. Yeah, the thing is, I mean, I've I've, I've almost completed Pool of Radiance now, and I, I've got further with it after on this playthrough mm. than I ever did in the past. Okay. Um, I you see, this is the thing. I completed Champions of Crin and left that one there. So, uh, but I I played. But the mistake I made was I played Champions of Crin first mm. and then tried to play Pools of Radiance. And Pool of Radiance originally was released before Champions of Crin. And that had, Champions of Crin had a whole load of improvements that they made in it to, to, to the game engine. So mm-hmm. basically, when you went back to Pool of Radiance, you went, oh, this is rubbish. You can't even do, <laughs> you can't even fix your party up. Oh. And it, oh, they, they fix it in later games, but just getting past that is is pretty difficult. But it, when I finish it at some point in the next couple of weeks, because I know I'm going to, I'm going to be able to take that one off my list and go, yes, it only take me 30 years. Finally got it done. <laughs> and then you suddenly realize, yes, it is 30 years because it's 1989 <clears throat> that game came out. I beat that one and I loved it. I, that one and then... Very close to it. It was a summer. It was that and um, Sid Meier's Pirates. Between those two games, I must have played fourteen hours a day. If I like, I would play football for like three hours a day, mm. and then play those computer games for like fourteen hours a day, and then <laughs> sleep sleep for you know four hours a day and then everything else in my life would have to find would have to compete for whatever time was left after that yeah those 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 games were time sinks uh i remember people telling me about pirates and i I went no (laughs) oh so good bro so good (laughs) yeah the main problem was is not because of um how good the game was it was a case of i didn't have the time (laughs) And it sounds pretty familiar these days. Mm, yeah, right. <clears throat> Gaming with the misses and the kids and all that. Yes, that's that. It is fatherhood does stop you, um, stop you being a full time gamer. <laughs> mm. Yeah, it even stops you from from uh, telling off Ben properly at times. I know last week you were like. I want to respond to that in a lively way, but the, the missus is already asleep, and I don't want to get pulled off. 
<laughs> yes. That, that is one of the reasons why Top Shift, I've got this kind of low voice on Top Shift is because mm. basically I'm recording that about 11 o'clock and 12 o'clock at night. So basically I've got to keep my voice low. <laughs> so a lot of people said, you know, I, do you know you're doing AM or ASMR videos? And I went, no. <laughs> I have to keep my voice low. I'm not trying to do anything like that. Hey, look, if they watch and donate, don't question what they're doing. <laughs> All right. So hey, let me ask you this. How excited are you about Baldur's Gate 3? Oh, um, uh, well, it's not a continuation of the, um, the ball spawn, is it? No. It's a brand new story, isn't it? No, the whole ball spawn mm. kind of ended up playing out in the books or in the, uh, mm-hmm. uh, the tabletop the stuff. The final, the final expansion, wasn't it? It did sort of. Right. Um, there were, I think there was one more uh, ball spawn, but they ended up playing them out in one of the, um, I think actually in one of the Dritz books later on. <clears throat> oh, right. I, think, I think this new Baldur Gate 3 centers uh, around uh, um, combating against a demon known as Harvey Weinstein. Oh, <laughs> damn. <laughs> Now, th- this one here is going to be, like, we know it takes place several years after the whole event of the ball spawn. We don't know exactly how far. And we do know that there's going to be some uh, dimension traveling because of the, the nautilid that they're on is, is traveling dimensions. So, mm-hmm. I, I, I never played the Pool of Radiance series, but I played, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, Icewind Dale, Baldur's Gate, those games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, of course, Neverwinter Nights. Um, yeah. Oh man, they, and I would love for them to do a modern Neverwinter Nights, and you know, super up the graphics, put it all in the fifth edition rules, give us a little bit more <laughs> robust uh, tool editing thing, and let us make modules and stuff. Man, that's oh uh, yeah, oh, I mean, I'd be all over that. that. Yeah, the the Neverwinter Nights module maker was was phenomenal. Uh, I mean, I knew people that built persistent worlds in that. It was mm-hmm. it was unbelievable. Good stuff, man. Good yeah. stuff. But yeah, no, I'll, 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 it's certainly on my to. Um, I'm, I've certainly got my eye on it. It's mm-hmm. it's it's like um, the the remake of Fantasy uh, Final Fantasy Seven. I've yeah. got my eye on that, but I know it's not coming to PC, which is a bit of a shame. Mm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the, the sort of boulders. Yeah, the the old RPGs are, are certainly a, a weakness of mine, but. Mm-hmm. Ah, they do take up an awful lot of time. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. But did you? Oh, did you, they're so good. Did you play a uh, Divinity Two or original <laughs> original Sin Two? Sorry. Uh, no, I haven't. I haven't played that one. That um, is that is a work of art, sir. I encourage you to check that out. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I've I've gone through most of the D and D ones, and of course, uh, Planescape Torment. That's that one just blew my mind. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, and of course I'm I'm living it all again thanks to GOG <laughs> because good yeah. old games has gone and got all these up and running again and uh, yeah that's that's how I'm playing them. So <laughs> punishing my credit card, I'll tell you that. <laughs> so well, let me ask you. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 no go, go ahead. ahead. You're you're on the same line. Go ahead. Well, the, like the. Uh, 
Gog is, I'm right there with you. The Gog, man, it's, it's made like there's free space in there, Independence Wars in there. And I, I have mm-hmm. lost my Independence War CDs. And I saw them in there. I'm like, well, that's 20 bucks. That's about to go down. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that, it's, it's phenomenal what they've done, especially being able to get it running on modern PCs. Cause that's the one thing I've always hated is that there are so many games out the games that I thought, oh, that's great. I'd love to play that again. And then, you'd find out that it's it's so difficult and then when it runs it is unplayable because your machine run is too good for it yeah uh, anyway yeah <laughs> all right so we've we've tackled the fleet carrier question now the other mm-hmm. question that we of course have to dive into is your thoughts on the new era what right what do you okay so we're going to do this in three sections the first okay. is what do you think will be coming? Right. Well, I, I think that Bleak um, <coughs> is correct. We will have some form of space legs mm-hmm. and we will have base building mm-hmm. uh, or some kind of base management, both of which I'm fine with. Okay. Right. What would you want to be? <laughs> what I would prefer to happen was the other way around. Um, I would have preferred to have atmospheric landings mm. and uh, basically, you know, water worlds and content based on that, and maybe space legs going round, uh, you know, going round on the planets, very similar to No Man's Sky, mm-hmm. and that's that's what I would have preferred. Same, a hundred percent same. I, it's not that I'm against the the space leg stuff and the base building stuff it's like okay there's two aspects to it the aspect of the sort of vanity item like i drop a place and it's like that's mm-hmm. my base okay yeah. fine whatever and then the other aspect is like <clears throat> actual using it for game mechanics so if you're actually using it for game mechanics it has to be one of three things it's either storing stuff acquiring stuff as in this is a moon base that is like mining materials and you have to set it all up and after you get it set up you know from that base little ai srv tractors and shit are going to go out into the mines and come back out with your you know x amount of materials per day or whatever yeah or and then the third is producing stuff i.e You take the stuff that you've mined, you take some blueprints, you put it together, you've got a factory, and it spits out resistors or capacitors or some sort of a trade item, which you can then either A, hire NPC uh, pilots to deliver to a market for money, or B, deliver it yourself to markets for money. Yeah. I mean, it could be that the base building will lead to a a player-based economy, Mm -hmm. where one... One people, one set of people will have mining bases, but they need, uh, they're hoping that their stuff will get sold to people who've got industrial bases to mm. build more products and things like that. Mm. Um, I mean, that's what I believe a player economy is, is where you generate um, items within the the game itself. That I've, I've seen people say a player economy is where you actually, you know, uh, is, is effectively pay to win. You know, where you you pay you you pay some some uh, arcs in or something, and then all of a sudden you've got a, a base, and they say that's a player economy. But my and uh, 
the, as far as the base building is concerning, is concerned, then, uh, <laughs> then I could I could see it working if they you know you build your mining base and your mate has an industrial base not far away and the two of you can trade and build things up that way. And have I just gone completely off topic? <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, I'm with you. Oh, I'm entirely. I, I dig, I dig it. I, I <clears throat> I'm just, uh, I'm just coming back to the thought that it's like, yeah, for me, atmospheric landings is more mm-hmm. interesting. Water worlds, gas giants, different yes. things that you could do. I would love to see flying low in, in flying into high orbit. <clears throat> over gas giant and deploying an SLF that has no weapons, but that it has like an umbilical. And that is a special designed SLF that just skims along the higher parts of the, uh, of the atmosphere and, you know, scoops materials in some form of an interesting mini game or whatever, where you yeah. got to fly through the tunnel <clears throat> and you're trying to avoid getting crushed by, you know, too much, Pressure, but pressure, yeah. You're, you're trying to get, you know, ferret it through these little tunnels, all of the good stuff, and get it scooped up and shot up the umbilical back up to the ship. And what happens if you're in a uh, one of these gas giants that has life form? You mm. could be dealing with space whales in in the top of these atmospheres. It could could be space whales. I think <laughs> when you read the description of most of the things, it, it leads you to say that like, oh, actually, they're talking about like plankton type, like multi cell yeah. or single cell organisms. But there's not to say that you couldn't find one that's got a big ass fuck off kraken in there that is like, hey, you get over <laughs> here. Yeah, man. It's basically, like the space <laughs> in Star Wars. Yeah, man. Yeah. But uh, the- I would love to see that. I would love to see SSRV. I would love to see subsurface reconnaissance vehicles for, for water worlds, you know? And yeah. again, you could have, you could, you know, go in there and you're, you're mining underwater in the, you know, the, the basic, like a Marianas Trench seven miles deep on a, on a water world, you know, on the ass end of the galaxy. And then all of a sudden, just two big eyes open up next to you. And it's like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, Robinson. <laughs> that's it. I hope your flight suits brown. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, there's, there's, there's tons of things that they could do with that, that, that would be awesome. And, and so I'm much more interested in that, but there is cool stuff that they can do with the base build base building for, uh, just for vanity item, I'm like less interested. It's like, oh, that's okay. But um, the production side of it excites me more. I like Eve. Uh, I don't want to play Eve anymore. I played Eve for years. Mm-hmm. I don't want to play Eve anymore because I'm bored with the spreadsheets. I want flying and pew pew. But yeah. um, but but I like yeah. the economy side of it. <clears throat> yeah, I mean the, the I mean we know that the well. We don't actually know, but what has been suggested has been the, uh, you know, you've, you you can build your base, you've got something to do with space legs, which will allow you to either run around that base or run around your ship. Mm. Uh, and also that base might come under attack from Thargoids. Mm-hmm. I've I've seen an awful lot of uh, people suddenly jump on the, oh, they're going to turn Elite into PUBG bandwagon. And I'm just there going, no, that the only people that would turn it into PUBG would be the players. 
I don't think Frontier would would actually set aside a, a specific sort of battle royale mode mm-hmm. <laughs> in the first person. Um, the but I can I can surely see a hundred players all getting together and say let's do um, Fortnite Elite Dangerous style just for the lols. Mm. Yeah, yeah, man. <clears throat> that I. I'm not so the aspect of the leak where they talked about it they said first person shooter with Thargoids mm-hmm. which is like okay there's there's some stuff to unpack from that statement the first is first person shooter and mm-hmm. the second is with Thargoids so yep. running around playing PUBG with Thargoids I am not at all interested <clears throat> no, I'm not I get that some people might be. I don't think that it's the market that's the right way to go for this game because this is not the kids that are playing. These are not the Twitch kids. This game is aimed at old farts with hotasses that are more cerebral <laughs> and are interested in stuff that's on GOG, you know, good old games. Uh, <clears throat> but there are many who will enjoy first person shooters, like my, my friend Commander Burr who is a huge fan of that and is, is excited for it. So like, okay, I make room for the fact that this, not everything has to be for everyone. This mm-hmm. game can be awesome and I can find cool things to do around their gameplay. I can be the guy that's flying the dropship that's dropping troops off to, to go off into battle or to do other things. I can be flying close air support over a battalion and, and you know, they're engaging <clears throat> the enemy in direct fire and I you know, they call in close air support and I fly over and I'm, you know, blowing up the Thargoid equivalent of tanks or whatever. So yeah. That they can make their push. Okay. There's, there's stuff I can do around that. But the, the part that, that, that more interests me in that first person shooter with Thargoids is that, that implicit and sort of explicit within that statement when you unpack it is the fact that we have to have more of the Thargoid story occur in -hmm. order to get to that point. So that part alone excites me of like, okay, Thargoid motherships or or new systems unlocked or, or, or if we're at the point where we're not just seeing them on ships, but we're seeing them on foot, that means one of two things is happening. Either we're invading or they're invading. And whichever one it is, the story progresses. And I'm interested to find out whatever happens with that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that is, that is going to be the, the interesting thing from my perspective. It's going to be, okay, that's where we're, what we're expecting to get. How are we going to get there? Mm. And that is, <laughs> and that is something that we'll we'll come up with uh, probably in the run up to uh, to the new era. Mm-hmm. But one hundred percent. I mean the the main reason that we're suffering from the content drought at the moment is because the writers are all busy doing stuff for new era. Mm. So um, <laughs> and from what I remember. Uh, the community managers saying about it, they said the the schedule was very aggressive, which normally mm-hmm. is management speak for. There's this this it's going to be close. Mm. Yeah, they're in crunch mode. Yeah, <clears throat> which it, it's not something that I think Frontier are really. They don't have a reputation of a crunch company. No, 
but um, unlike sort of um, Rockstar mm-hmm. or Bio, you know, Bioware, Bethesda. Oh yeah, well yeah, the Bioware and EA. That's that's a it's mm. a whole different other kind of <coughs> crunch. So yeah, so. And then, you know, every once in a while you have some asshole go off and, you know, stir up stuff on the forums asking for, excuse me, can we please get some stories, which, you know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I wonder who that could be. I I blame Ty. Uh, Well, let me let me ask you about that. So I'm (laughs) of the believer that not only like 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 Will kind of said, Galnet's going to be back. I don't think Mm Galnet's going to be back because. I think they're working on something better. I don't know quite know what that would be. Um, my gut says maybe it'll be like um, like I don't I don't know if it'd be be paid, but like uh, scripted events that are kind of more story based that you can kind of load into from the cockpit somehow. Oh yeah, I mean the, I mean that's exactly what interstellar initiatives were trying to be. They were trying to be these these little bits of narrative that. Um, you could follow for about a month and a couple of months, and to tell you the truth, in my well, in my opinion, I felt they kind of worked, especially the last couple, where the one you had one leading into another. The Thargoid one I thought was especially good, especially with that surprise oh, yeah. attack on the Palin base. That was uh, really good, yeah, yeah, because because for um, for a couple, because they didn't announce it. See the problem that I've always had with the interstellar initiatives is that they've they've said right okay this is how it's going to break down and they basically spoilt it on the forums and I think the um, if they wanted to keep the the people and I know why they did it they did it to show <coughs> that uh, guys we are doing stuff we we're, yeah there, but that- there is going to be more stuff coming than this. But the problem was is that it kind of lost its urgency because you knew there was going to be four stages. A hundred percent. And you knew yeah. how the whole thing played out. If you're going to signpost the whole thing, it's the, you open out an Agatha Christie book and it says, okay, by the way, on the last page, you're going to find out the butler did it. Okay, now <laughs> we start with a murder mystery. Here we go. And it's like, <laughs> oh, fuck off. Yeah. No. I mean, that's, that's what made the Thargoid one specifically good because it was a surprise event in the middle of it. Mm, yeah. Uh, and uh, for that, when that surprise event happened, um, the <clears throat> the anti Xeno initiative and and all that, who were all out in um, the Witch Heads Nebula, suddenly went, "Oh hell, they've got they've got Palin," and barreled it back to defend Palin's base, uh, and and just the panic or, or the that little bit of, "Oh God, we've got to get back," was fantastic. It was just fantastic to see. It was fantastic to take part in. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, and it just goes to show the potential that these live events have. And I hope that they bring them back in New Era. Mm. So what do you think about that um, miscolored uh, Thargoid that was spotted outside of the Palin's The Orthrus. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't think of the name of it. <laughs> uh, I loved the fact that it was there. I got no idea... I, Personally, I think that's it's a, it's the it's hybrid that Palin created. Mm-hmm. See, that's, um, that's what I'm in the mindset of too. I know a lot of people are talking about. Well, this could be the other race of Thargoids. Well, they only yeah. exist in the RPG. And uh, Raven has said that not everything that's in the RPG is actually canon. So, 
No, I mean, well, it's 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 also in the um, Out of Darkness novel. There's a, an Out of Darkness um, Elite Dangerous novel, mm. uh, which, ah. which covers the the Thargoids. And uh, is uh, it isn't because the, they've, they've kind they've kind of turned around and said right. Uh, originally, when these writers' <laughs> packs were created, they mm. sort of said whatever will be in the writers' pack will be canon in the game. Right. Uh, but since then, they've kind of come um, come back a little from that, mm. uh, and sort of said, "No, it's kind of kind of is canon, but it's not one hundred percent canon." Mm. It, you know, if if it's, they've come up with something that David Braben doesn't agree one hundred percent with, then it's not one hundred percent in the game. Oh, that's. <clears throat> they said specifically that these are going to be canon. And then to retroactively uncanonize them is a well, little. Well, I'm not saying I'm, I'm not saying that they're uncanonizing them. <coughs> I'm saying that they're, they're basically picking and choosing the kind of things that they they want to go forward with, and that anything that's in the in those novels you can't use as a as a basis of where they're going to go. And the other thing there is that they got three other or four other games that they've kind of uh, gone through there and picked. A, Parts out of they're like, well, okay, this part's canon, this part's not, kind of stuff. So, <clears throat> well, that that I'm okay with because that was stated from the beginning. Like, hey, look, just the same, like how they decided this is our elite dangerous canon answer for how the previous elite game had worked as far as because you, there, when you played as Jameson, you had the choice to deliver the mycoid virus or not because mm-hmm. you could literally yeah. have taken it to the Thargoids worked out with them a thing and you got the, the different ending where not only was the Thargoid war sort of ended because they're like, okay, you're decent. We're going to, we'll, we'll trade with you. We'll be, we'll deal with you as our representative. But then they Mm -hmm. gave you a Thargoid ship that you could jump around in farther. So like, you know, I get that when you have a, a game like that, a previous game that had multiple endings and you had, you know, millions of people playing it and some chose A and some chose B and you can't decide for that. You have to come up with mm-hmm. one official answer and say, this is the answer we're going with. That I yeah. get, that's that's different. But I would hope that all of the things that were in the books that they specifically had the ability to review and edit and, and say, no, that bit has to change. Mm-hmm. I would have hoped that all of those it well, you see, would be. you see, this is this is the the thing. They probably were completely hundred percent canon when the game was uh, being developed. What's happened since then is they've probably looked at the the way that the um, the plot is progressing, uh, and the writers don't want to be hamstrung by uh, what's happening before. So that if they if they've got an idea of which. Um, will uh, basically. Oh, I'm trying to think of the phrase. The phrase here. Um, uh, oh, damn it! The, if, if they've got something which uh, is in in the book and they want to take it in a different direction, they'll take it in a different direction and and say, no, the book. Uh, it's that particular part of it is no longer canon. They they can't. <coughs> They can't. Some if they've got a a better idea, they will go with their better idea, and and 
it, it is a difficult one because uh, the the goalposts will change, uh, and uh, I, d- I don't think that everything that we've read before is is going to be um, in the game as read as as was previously written. Mm. Um, oh, I'm, I'm going round in circles here. Uh, I mean, I do know the stuff that has come from David Braben, which I think Drew said stuff like the club and and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff that will be in there because you know that's that's originally what was suggested, <coughs> uh, and we definitely know Raxler's in there somewhere, but mm. we don't know where. Oh, you don't know where? <laughs> I, I no. know where. Oh, you do you know? Ah, <laughs> uh, well, we'll we'll discuss it. <laughs> but um, as far as all the rest of it is concerned, then uh, I don't have any extra information on uh, what's what their their <clears throat> what's in their heads going forward. If you like, right? I get it's, it. it. <clears throat> what would you like to see in the? newer era i.e okay the new era is done let's whatever Mm. happens in that okay fine i'm guessing it's a no-brainer you're like okay let's get back on the atmospheric landings let's get back towards it will be yeah i I mean i I would you know my the ultimate that i would like for elite dangerous is to have the same experience uh, in no man's sky that you have, but with the um, the scientific accuracy and mm. the flight model that we've got, and the non cartooniness. Exactly. There's. I mean, I, I I I've loved the the um, the the running around stuff in No Man's Sky. I think mm. that's been great. It's when I get into the spaceship that I've really got off. <laughs> Why the bloody hell am I doing this? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's uh, really the same review I gave it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would love and, to see. And you know what? I I would be okay even with if they got to steal one thing from No Man's Sky from the uh from the ship side of it, I would say I would be okay with my very own Moya. If they, if I found some way where it's like I have a ship and then here's a thing and there's an egg and it turns into a Moya type ship, I would I would the be li- okay the living ships, it. yeah. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I must admit that that it, that did take me by surprise, and I and I do applaud them for that because. Mm. Uh, but then again, this is this is the thing. They are they are churning out a lot of updates quite quickly. They and, are, aren't they? Uh, basically, that's keeping their their fan base quite happy, mm. and because Elite Dangerous hasn't had anything new for people. Uh, for, for the veteran players for quite some time, that you know, people are beginning to feel a little abandoned. Mm. I mean, and yes, we know that fleet <coughs> carriers are coming, and we know that there's a new era coming. But you do sometimes, you can't abandon people in in the meantime. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's been. I know it's only been three months since uh, the last Interstellar Initiative, but it's been an awful three months. Well, here's a, the interesting thing: um, <clears throat> if you look at the concurrent users on Steam, now obviously mm-hmm. this is not everyone because there's plenty of people that don't play on Steam. There's plenty of people that play it directly through non-stream on PC. There's plenty of people that play it on consoles. But Mm -hmm. 
that answer sort of is true for both games. And if you look at the concurrent users on Steam uh, a year ago, Elite Dangerous had uh, slightly more users than No Man's Sky. Yep. And in that time period, in that same time period, Elite Dangerous has, for all intents and purposes, put out no updates that are sort of viewed as meaningful for the veteran players. Mm -hmm. And No Man's Sky has put out two updates in that time period. And throughout that, No Man's Sky has been continuing to, to make adjustments and changes and things to the narrative, to the sort of lore to the, you know, the living ships and different, they've added things to sort of make the world richer. Mm -hmm. And if you look at the concurrent users, uh, average now for no man's sky and elite dangerous, no man's sky is about twice what elite dangerous is. Yeah. And, uh, and that's because basically they're getting content, uh, that's, you know, that, you know they're getting content. It's keeping people engaged in the game, and you know they're they're staying with it. <coughs> the thing is, if you don't keep that content coming, then um, mm. you'll see that the the uh, the player numbers just just drop again. And um, I, I I will point out that at the time when CGs and IIs were active, like if you take a month without like. Go back a year and look at the concurrent mm-hmm. numbers. <clears throat> okay, let's say one month had no CGIs, whatever, and then yep. the next month did, and then the next month didn't, and the next month did. Yep. The months with a CGII would be the in- player engagement numbers would be two to three times more than the ones without. Yes. And yeah, so <clears throat> I'm just going to point out that if your business model is such that you make your money, a good portion of your money off of sales of, of things in the ARC store or what have you, like, mm-hmm. you know, that <clears throat> this game doesn't have a monthly sort of subscriber. This game has, you buy it once for your 30 quid, 60 quid, 40 quid, whatever. Yep. And then <clears throat> you play it forever and you hopefully keep buying stuff through their little nifty store People who don't play don't buy stuff. If, I, if yes. I'm not playing the game, if I'm not logging in to do a CG, I'm not going to go on the store and dig around to see what the paint jobs this week are. Yeah. So, yeah, and, and that's, that's uh, well, they say that they've taken that into account. They say that they're, they're expecting a revenue drop from Elite Dangerous. They're not expecting it to be a, mm-hmm. um, a massive um, money generator for this year mm. because they're but, investing a new era. Yeah. But my point is is that if you don't keep a little bit of interest, a little bit of more content than we're getting at the moment, mm. it doesn't maintain the interest until you, the next big upgrade. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, if uh, you... If you if somebody steps away for a moment, but they're still in your game, that's not a huge, huge. But if someone steps into No Man's Sky, Star Citizen, or something completely different, somebody steps into, oh man, I, I've heard good things about this Final Fantasy XIV Shadowbringers patch. And if they go all in on that and fall down 
another MMO rabbit hole, mm-hmm. there's a chance that when you come out with your next thing, they're no longer listening because they've yeah. moved to they moved on a new love, and they're excited for that. <clears throat> and I'm yeah. not trying to. I'm definitely not trying to be the you know doom and gloom sayer at all. I'm just pointing out that that is a very real factor that they have to keep in mind. Yeah, it, it is. Um, and I don't know whether or not they appreciate <laughs> that, to be honest. Uh, they, this is the only uh, MMO game that Frontier have ever done. Hmm. And they don't, they don't really consider it an MMO. Uh, it, it's, it's, it, well, they do now because Bruce has been brought on uh, yeah. with an MMO background. And I dig and, that. Yeah, I, I must admit, a lot of people were there saying, oh, but he's never played the game. What, uh, you know, the usual complaints about the CM manager not being able to, to play the game they're supposed to be uh, responsible for. But my opinion is that, no, they can learn that, that they're, uh, a CM is a community manager for a game. Hmm. They don't have to be an expert at the game, but they do have to be an expert at the community. Yes. And, um, Hopefully, I mean, I haven't, I haven't had a chance to really form an opinion yet, of Bruce. But um, he's come across very well on on the streams, mm-hmm. and if he has worked, and because he's worked on as it RuneScape, mm-hmm. uh, yes, then, he did old know, school RuneScape, old school, so you got to be careful RuneScape. with RuneScape because there's there's multiple <laughs> sort of versions out, and they're sort of very different products in a way, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So, yeah, because he's he's used to dealing with player groups. He's used to dealing with mm. um, annoyed people on the forums. He's he's used to dealing with um, the kind of thing that I don't think Frontier have had much experience of before. I think that that shows them they're they're taking the fact that Elite Dangerous is a is a kind of semi MMO more mm. seriously, which I think is a good thing. Great thing. Yeah, I, I'm. A, I, I right off the bat, I get great vibes from B- Bruce. I like him. I like the discussions that we've had with him <clears throat> in Discord. I like the uh, little bits of information that we've gotten. Love the Brucey bonus from the first thing. <laughs> love the oh, love love the fact that you know he came in. And like, yeah, he's not an expert in this game. He's learning the game, but he acquitted himself quite well. In both, uh, in both, you know, both of the streams. Both the streams we've seen him in so far, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, I dig him. I like him. And I know you said you don't see the Tom Welling thing. I'm telling you, man. He's got a little bit of Tom Welling there around the eyes and the face. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, I feel like I you're stretching it. on that. I got to tell you. <laughs> Yo, I, I did, that's, maybe it's the narrative that I'm pushing, but I, I'm, so, I'm so calling it you now. Want, He's the super you want, you want Bruce to be Superman. I want is, is him. I want him to be the Superman of this community, <clears throat> to put it on his back and carry it to a better, brighter future. Yes, that's that's where I'm going with it, and I'm still. Well, I I hope that he can he can manage the kryptonite that is the Bloomin' Forums because that. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think he's. I think he'll he'll. Let me tell you something. These forums, they are. Uh, they're not the great, they're, you know, they're not the greatest sort of spot or, or to my mind, always the greatest sort of, um, 
uh, expression that one could get of the community that I found. I found that the community yeah. of this game is quite lovely and that the community on the forums is much more of a mixed bag and the community in the <clears throat> live stream comment section is just a dumpster fire. But, uh, <laughs> but let me tell you something. These forums ain't got shit on the old school RuneScape forums. You want to talk about some darkness? <laughs> yeah, no. He, this, I, I, I think he's ready to suit up and play. And I, I, oh. I, I feel it. And I, I, I'm getting good, good vibes. So I'm looking forward to And I think the fact, just the fact that they chose him the fact that they went after a guy with MMO experience says don't say something don't to say me. It first, damn it! It says something to to me that it's like <clears throat> they they're they're moving in the right direction. They realize that it's like okay, we're gonna have to sort of we're gonna have to change our tact a little bit with how we deal with the community. I I, I hope I feel. And also the, the PR, hiring the PR guy, that people are like, yeah, this game's basically in maintenance mode. You're deluding yourself. You don't hire a PR guy for a game that's in maintenance mode. No, you don't. That's this, just... I think, the you know what? They, I think the very fact that they went and got a, um, got a guy with an MMO background, I think, that's, <laughs> I think that's a telling thing toward where they're headed with this uh, 2020 update, the new era update, so... Maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm just reading too much into it. Yeah, well, it it's it it is one of these occasions where you 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 look at what's being put into place, and you think, okay, <laughs> even though it's quiet now, I think it's worth sticking with. Mm. I just need something to keep me going until it gets <clears throat> interesting again. There was a forum post on the Reddit forum that got just a billion and one thumbs ups not that long ago. Where it was it was saying like, hey guys, I'm with you. I love your game. I love your product. I'm sticking with you. But please give me something to be hyped about. Please. I just want a little something mm -hmm. to be happy. And it's like, you know what? I get it, man. I'm not that 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 post was not written by a hater. That post was not written in a way of like, you know, fuck you. This is blah, blah. that post was written of like, I'm on your team. Just please give me a little something to smile for. Give me something to hold on, you know? <clears throat> yeah. Let, let me let me ask you one more question, real quick. Did you? I am of the mindset that with that leak, if we hadn't got that leak, <laughs> we I, I wouldn't say swimming in information because it is frontier, but I feel like we would have a lot more information than what we do right now. Because I feel like after that leak, they went dark. Yes. Um, I, I agree. I think that, that we would probably have not a huge amount of information, but there, there would be something. There would be a little hint of, you know. But the hints I mean, that we would have are things that already got leaked, so they can't, they don't have them now. Exactly. And well, that's one of the problems that they've got is because if they do have a leak, um, anything that they've got which they've been you know, getting people excited, you know, excited about showing us, that's gone. Mm. So, you know, they might have had new concept art that they, they could have shown us. I mean, they they used to do a, a weekly update where they would show a, a sneak peek 
which is basically, I don't know, a picture of a, a limpet or um, a close-up of a planet or something like that. And that would get people um, slavering for, a, for until the next one. Well, they did <laughs> it again. They did it again just uh, a couple of weeks ago at the 24-hour live stream with that cheeky little mamba uh, picture. Um, yeah, it, it's... <laughs> yeah, but we've seen the mamba. No, no, the internal internal one. one. They they, they showed that internal one of like the engine room of the Mamba and people were like, space legs confirmed. (laughs) And I kind of think, um, I mean, maybe it's me. I kind of think that, I don't think that we necessarily would have a whole lot of information, but I think that we would have some concept art floating around that'd be on the website, maybe some new wallpapers, maybe Mm -hmm. some, maybe a couple of screenshots here or there that are kind of, you know, people are picking apart, but there's not a whole lot of information in them kind of deal. Uh, We might have like, uh, like a, like a broad stroke of what uh, fleet carriers are going to do besides what we've already seen. Uh, I, you see, I, uh, I completely agree. This is the kind of thing that happens when a, a leak comes out because um, they just double down and say, right, okay, that's it, nothing. Mm. And nothing it also, that's, that's also what comes from everyone instantly shitting on them when they do release information. It's like you don't, <clears throat> that was the whole point of me writing my little thing on the forums. If you open up with, you suck. Your game is dog shit. Nobody likes it. Burn in hell. I hope your wife dies of brain cancer. And then you come up with, and here's what you should be doing with this game if you weren't so awful. And then you could come up with the best, that the, whatever you say following that could be the single greatest idea in video game history. And still, no one's going to listen to it because you started off being an absolute fucking horrific dumpster fire of a human being. So, and so do you find that that happens quite a lot on the forums? Do you I, find that those are the those are the comments that seem to be? Uh, I feel more so that in the in the like comment section of the uh, of of a lot of their streams or whatever. But you do get a lot of real snarky, nasty, whatever. Mm. And that's I all I wanted to do with the little post that I made on the forums was to start off and try to engage in the right way. Try to say, Hey, look, I love you. I love your thing. This is awesome. I'm a big fan. Here is what I would like you to hear. I feel this about that. That's it. And it, it, it's not, it's not like you have to make changes by this date. I'm there. I have a public uh, what is this? Uh, uh, petition, and these <laughs> people have all signed it, and you must change your ways now. Like, no, it's just, hey, I feel this. I liked your stories. You're not doing them right now. It makes me sad. That's it. And then that that's not that's not saying turn back on the stories by tomorrow or your cat gets it. No, it's just it's literally <laughs> just saying like, hey. I want you to know you've made a change. I'm not a huge fan of that change. I love your game still. There's still 9,000 other aspects of your game that I love. I'm still a fan. I'm still going to keep playing. But just in the future at some point when you're allocating new budget, maybe keep in mind that there are people like me that missed this part and would like you to do more of that. So just later, keep that in mind. And I feel like... I feel like they heard that. So 
things change, things don't change. I can't control any of that, but they at least heard it. And they heard not just from one space nerd, but they heard a lot of other people say like, oh yeah, we also kind of like the stories. Can you do those please? <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, like everybody said, the, the way that the, the letter was phrased actually got the point across a lot better than a lot of the other um, YouTube kind of commentators and, and uh, people in the forums seem uh, seem to uh, well, you know what you know what I mean. It's, it's sort of it was a it, uh, the previous petition or open letter really left a a sour taste in in a lot of people's mouths. I think, mm-hmm. and, uh, and it was it was a nice antidote. It didn't get the result you wanted, I know, but um, <coughs> it it just it did it sort prove of did. to them that yeah, it got it the result that they they heard me. That's all. Yes. That's all that you know. Now, over and above that, if uh, no, that that's true. I mean, you got you got the result you want. To, you got listened to. It, it didn't. It didn't eventually end up with anything that any new yeah. law coming out or anything like that. But at least the, by being that polite and that uh, respectful, you managed to get a response out of them. While all the others <coughs> got none. Hmm. And, you know, who knows? Maybe down the line when they're having me discussing, okay, new era is launched. Now what are we going to do? We got to budget this much for this, this much for that. Maybe somebody pipes up and says, hey, you know, remember a lot of people clicked on that like button on that one guy's thing. Maybe we should mm-hmm. put a little something to it. What, would you, what do you think? And if, that, if it changes that much, if it gets into a meeting and someone mentions it and someone goes, yeah, we should do something with that, I'm happy. Yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd agree with that. So mm. let me uh, let me shift gears here just a little bit because I have uh, I, I want to ask about some of the behind the scenes LaveCon stories, and um, I, I've 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 kind of heard a few rumors here or there about some things, but I want okay. to know <laughs> <laughs> I want to know some of your and 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 please don't like 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 out anyone or, or throw someone at the bus or anything. I don't want to do that. I, I, I hate to think where you're going with this because... <laughs> I, I, I just want to hear uh, like like what is the best or, or, or what was your best LaveCon and what was the funnest thing that you get, that you got to do while you were there? Um, well, um, LaveCon is, is, is unique. Um, uh, the funnest thing is actually um, I, I run these elite miniature games, which is is basically a little tabletop game based on um, uh, uh, based on obviously Elite Dangerous, uh, and um, normally having uh, running that game in the RPG room is is probably the funnest thing that that I have there because everybody they, they'll they'll come up to it it looks very complicated and then within 5 to 10 minutes they realize it's actually quite an easy system to run and and they end up getting quite involved and um there's a a guy who's come up every year since I started doing it commander double you we, who you might have heard of because uh, he's mentioned on on Hutton Orbital quite a lot as well. Yeah. Um, he comes up every time and he's terrible at it. He really is <laughs> absolutely terrible. He's got the the lowest um, the lowest survivability rate <laughs> ever. I mean, last time I I I 
he lost one ship, so we gave him another one and another one. And I think he lost three in a row. <laughs> and the thing is, is actually he's not that terrible a tactician. He just gets really, really bad rolls. <laughs> so basically, he's a, he's all, um, but yeah. So he he doesn't stand. <laughs> it's it's just bad luck. But it's just so funny when you think he's 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 going to win it. He's going to win it this time, and then. <laughs> he gets a double one and you know critical fail and that's it his ship blows up it's, it's great um, but I do like sort of taking people through those those things the, the rules of the game and they suddenly and there's that moment of realisation that oh this is quite easy it's not as scary as I thought it would be and uh, they really get into it and uh, yeah so I'd, I'd like running those Um <laughs> There's been a couple of years where I've, I've actually done, um, helped out with the, the Frontier presentation, uh, basically on, on crowd control. <laughs> <laughs> you never get the, you never get a break from having to herd all the children into single file lines, huh? <laughs> no, basically, I'm, I'm either the one there taking the questions <clears throat> and making sure they behave themselves, or I'm the guy at the end of the line saying, right questions after me <laughs> with a very very <laughs> big nerf hammer just in case someone comes up close so uh yeah i mean it, it's a unique experience um considering that you've actually got to stand up at the beginning of it and give a hi welcome to LaveCon speech and everybody yeah. else cheers at you and you're sort of they're going i'm scared now <laughs> you're the rock star <laughs> no i'm not the rock star the rock star are, are for LaveCon is is definitely um, uh, Commander Psycho Cow and Karen and and Alan who and uh, basically Psycho Cow's brother Moof who mm. those those guys basically well uh, Karen and Alan uh, run it put it together mm. and then Moof and uh, Cow comes up uh, with this fantastic sound system that they enhance and. And it, it started <coughs> off as just a, a tiny PA when we first started, and now the the, the sound system <coughs> and the presentation systems he's put together are unbelievable. But off of, you're the rock star. Because <laughs> you're the one that stands up at the very beginning and says, hello, everybody, and welcome to LaveCon 2020. Everyone goes, ah! And they're screaming and cheering for when you get to talk. <laughs> so you get oh, that experience. It, no, no, no! You, you're forgetting it's a it's a British thing, so you uh, get a polite round of applause. <clears throat> oh no! See, in America, no, that's when they yeah, start. You see, the thing is, yeah, when when you do loose screws con, mm. whenever you do loose screws con, you, you will have to do the same, and you will have to have. I, I fully expect that people to be going nuts and and throwing oh. pigs at each other, and oh, you know, and, wait, throwing <laughs> pigs at each other. What exactly do you think America is, bro? <laughs> wow. Okay. That's it. All You're right. coming we here. See, I'm going to show we you see what's how up. They view, we see how they view us colonials. <clears throat> God. Throwing uh, pigs at each other. <laughs> I actually want to see that happen now at an, at an event of some form. Probably the Hillbilly Banjo Radio Convention. Yeah, I'd just like to apologize for that right at the moment in time. I don't no, think you're allowed great, to apologize man. for that. We own it. We've, we're changing. We're right now, we have our lawyers on hold. We're in the process of changing the every all the trademarks, everything. No, no, I'd, I'd just like to say, uh, the, um, 
I'd just like to completely apologize for saying that. And of course, <laughs> I should have said um, Hillbilly Banjo Redneck Radio instead. Mm. Uh, I do apologize for any inconvenience caused. <laughs> that that actually does sound a little bit more uh, a little more accurate. So <laughs> accurate to who? I'm a Mexican. They wouldn't let me in. <laughs> Come on, my yard. <laughs> oh, okay. Look, right. I, I don't really my, mean that. I'm just kidding around. Wow. My, I do apologize because we've got, um, even in Manchester here, we've got a guy just around the corner who has, um, he basically drives around in a truck where it says research flat earth next to it. And of course, he's got Confederacy flags coming out the top of them. <clears throat> um, I think he's watched too much. Uh, Dukes of Hazard, and mm. he thinks that's what Americans are like. Mm. <laughs> oh, I, I think, know they're uh, not because my my brother's married a very very nice American girl. Mm. You know, um, I, I got a really great flat Earth story I'll share with you after afterwards if you got a minute. But um, <laughs> so, so without without throwing without throwing anybody underneath the bus, tell me your worst memory of of Lavecon. <sighs> oh, we well, see. This is the thing, and, and you're going to hate me for. You're going to think I'm faking out. There hasn't been one. Okay. Um, there hasn't been one because um, when you actually meet the community, uh, <clears throat> you do find that they are quite a a, a positive bunch. Um, I mean that there are complaints and whinging on the forums sometimes. Um, the worst thing I think I could come up with is basically sometimes uh, I think people, as soon as the frontier crowd turn up, they they you know oh frontier are here and they will basically jump on them and try and ask them questions right from the get go. Uh, and and what do you tell Shan when he does that? <laughs> I take the fifth on that one. Um, <laughs> I come back to the fact that uh, whenever he's at LaveCon, Dav knows that he has no hope of finishing a drink without getting cornered by Shan. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, I, I think next time we might have to herd them away and bring them in secretly in the back entrance mm. so that they can, they can at least have a, <laughs> a little while before they're basically set up on. But uh, apart from that, this, um, I don't think that is a bad experience that um, I've had at LeafCon when I've, when I've been there. So right. uh, the, the, there isn't anything... There isn't anything really bad to say. Uh, sorry. <laughs> okay, that's fine. That's that's all good. Um, and um, I'm really ashamed I'm missing out this year. Um, but oh, you're not being able to make it. Oh no! He unfortunately, said he, he said he wasn't coming because he heard you guys had coronas and he drinks Michelob. <laughs> well, if, if you take the coronavirus issues out of it, which I'm hoping that won't even be an issue, which. Um, yeah, but, let's hope so. Fingers crossed. But um, if you if you take that out of it, that's that uh, the week that it's happening, either the week before, the week of, or the week after, will be the week I'm having to move. So Ooh. it's just going to be one of those. It's going to be too tight for me to be able to plan between here and there, and I'm not going to try to go take a flight somewhere, spend. 
go to a convention and then come back and try to figure out how to move. That's just no. Down. That's that. Yeah, that's mm. that is too much to handle. But mm. hopefully, maybe the twenty twenty one. No, definitely, <laughs> definitely. The tw- there's nothing that's going to stop me from going to that one. So, and I, I was specifically asked not to come to LaveCon by FDev because they were afraid I was going to start some some of a movement, and they were like, "No, we'd rather not. Just stay home." <laughs> Well, I mean, you could, of course, set up <laughs> ScrewsCom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although, that, see, I was actually specifically asked to do that by someone. I was, like, not even a joke. Someone men- messaged me and said, we've thought about it, and we would like for you to set up, like, the equivalent of sort of Leave a LaveCon in America. They, <laughs> I, we feel like, I, I'm not even joking, they were like, we feel like you've got the right energy and that you're very enthusiastic and we would like for you to do it. And I told them, there is not a chance in hell I'm going to do that. Do you understand? <laughs> like, People okay, in America, it, for, yes, first off, that's a lot of work. But exactly. second off, you don't even understand this fact. America has, I pulled up and Googled the statistics and I linked it to them. America has 320 people million people okay mm-hmm. america has 380 million handguns i'm not gonna get together a bunch of americans and put them in one place like <laughs> i'm just not interested in doing that man like no, I, the, this the security <clears throat> that you'd need and to pull all that together i mean small conventions work quite well in, in america I've, I've i've seen um and normally you'll find that I mean, elite players, okay, they do get passionate, but we're not talking um, Gamergate toxic levels of passionate, are we? So, I mean, uh, but I'm, I completely know what you mean because uh, let's say Karen and um, Alan, they put three months into their life of the life mm-hmm. to arrange LeaveCon. That's, that's three months. I, I don't have the time for that. And as far as Cow and um, Moof is concerned, they, it's always on in the background for them. And yeah. uh, as Cow's constantly said, it's the, it's the one thing he does look forward to every year to put that on. I mean, Cow is, Cow is, uh, I've got to actually say this. Grant Psycho Cow Wilcott is one of the most generous and um, brilliant people that you could meet. He's one of the, um, <coughs> he's the first, he was the first featured commander and for a very good reason by mm. FDEF because basically he's, he's one of these people who becomes the life and soul of the party and he doesn't mean to, but does anyway. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the amount of time and energy and his generosity into you know into into creating half of Lavecon itself is is unbelievable. Let alone everything else that he's done for the for the Elite Dangerous community. So um, you've got to take your hats off to him. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And I mean, he he hosts and and. You know, does all of that for Lave and for the Hutton truckers both, mm-hmm. and he's constantly bopping around between one or the other, doing. You know, this week I'm doing the sound for this one, and next week for that one. He's got side yeah. things going on. You know, he's doing right now this this project where they're. I mean, first they're setting up all the stuff for ECM, and they're trying to deal with. They're having meetings this week to discuss like if yeah. 
and how that's going to be able to happen, yeah. <clears throat> what all they're going to yeah. have to do for that. Yeah. It all depends on what is said. I mean, as of this time on the, the 14th of March, um, we haven't gone down into, into lockdown yet. That yeah. could change on, on Monday <clears throat> if our government just suddenly says, no, that's it. We're not going to, uh, we're going to have people <clears throat> locked down. Then basically that's the end of ECM. And it might even be the end of, of LaveCon, depending on, uh, depending on what happens. It's, Time frames, yeah. It, it's just one of these horrible, inf oh, horrible situations that nobody expected to, to happen. Yeah, and all that effort that all the hunting truckers have done, and Karen and Alan have done to create these these events, will go. That that would be just heartbreaking if something were to happen. If something were to happen, the the event itself is, you know, two miles down the road from from uh, the Cambridge. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, the, the Cambridge the, office, the uh, Cambridge campus, yeah, science yeah. campus or whatever, where FDEV is headquartered. <clears throat> God forbid if they have to curtail ECM twenty. I would hope that they could still do, uh, I don't know, do an online two day show or something, do a stream. Where they, no. you know, cover. I, I know it's not the same. I know, but just something because, like, I, my, I that would be heartbreaking because the Hutton truckers are honestly, I think they are the best of us, and for their thing to get shat on by the universe is just so sad. I know, <laughs> it, but it's it's one of these things we just have to wait and see because yeah, yeah. Uh, It'd be great if it goes ahead, but you know, if, if the government turn around and say no, we're, we're, you can't mm -hmm. have people that many in a, in a small area, then you know it's best for everyone, especially when um, there are quite a few people that you know <clears throat> <laughs> uh, could be considered in the danger group. Not that yeah. I'm saying much about the. <laughs> age range of people who play elite dangerous. Well, it's, it's age ranges, but you're right, you're right, but there's also other people, you know, moves mm -hmm. on special medicine, there are people who it's like, oh, my wife is on this special medicine, or I'm on that special medicine, and as a result, I could be immunocompromised, or that or the other. So, like, yeah, man, it's, it's, it's a real, it's a real concern, and, and for, I'm not for one moment saying, like, ah, oh, damn, the torpedoes, they should do it anyway. No, no, they have to be sensible, and they have to comply with, you know, the, the, the advice from the government and obviously the orders from the government if it gets to that point. But <clears throat> I mm. would hope, and I know that this is a poor substitute for them actually getting to spend that time together directly. But at the very least, if it has to be curtailed this year, <clears throat> do a, a, a streaming show, do a, do a, do don't let it stop you guys. Hutton truckers, you guys are the absolute best at trucking on. So figure out a way to put together some mega stream. And even if it's coming on from everybody's house and they're just randomly <laughs> popping into other people and having them come into the team speak and for five, 10 minutes at a time and do the elite meet that like as, as much as it would suck, like don't let it stop you. Keep, keep on trucking. <clears throat> 
have to pass that one on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So um, <clears throat> let me ask you, this has become sort of my favorite question to ask. Let's say tomorrow you, mm-hmm. uh, you win the lottery and mm-hmm. you've suddenly got 800 million pounds and you, because it's clearly a good idea, you invest 400 million pounds into frontier development and you're now the number two shareholder. You're, you're just behind <laughs> David Braben. <clears throat> and they bring, you, they, they bring you into his office. They, it's the two of you sitting at a big table. They close the door and now it's just the two of you. And he right. says, okay, you've bought in. What do you want? It's, <laughs> it is a blank canvas. It is a completely, there's a chalkboard right behind him or one of those marker boards and it's completely blank. <clears throat> and he wants to hear your just completely open sky ideas, blue sky ideas of like, you know, let's, you and me, we're going to workshop this. We're going to sit in here for an hour or two. You're going to throw out a dozen ideas. I'm going to shoot some down. I'm going to approve some others. We're going to figure out a way to make them work. Go ahead. Give me your five minute pitch of everything you would like to see in elite little (laughs) stuff, big stuff. It doesn't matter. Lay it on me. Right. Okay. Fair enough. Okay. We want to build the Oasis. <laughs> oh, Holiday's Dream. Yes. Let's do Holiday's this. Holiday's Dream, brother. Okay. Now, details. See, you give me you give me a flipping answer. I'm gonna put I'm gonna call your bluff. Well, obviously, um when you when you were talking about elites, um, the ultimate that you'd want is basically what is in your head when you are playing um, the Traveler or the Elite RPG. Mm-hmm. You want that kind of level of um, immersion. You want to be able to walk around your ship. You want to be able to um, interact with NPCs, interact with other players in realistic environments. Mm-hmm. You want to be able to walk around on an omni-treadmill um, on uh, omnidirectional treadmill with a headset on so that you feel like you're in <laughs> in the Elite Dangerous universe. All right, uh, so talk me through the first five years. How are you going to do it? Where, how are you going to go from where we're at today? What do you want next? And and then after that and after that. Well, this is the thing. Um, when, when you're dealing with this kind of uh, virtual reality, obviously you've got to be able to have the emotional connection between what you're seeing and what you're acting. So in other words, if you're walking, you feel, you've got to feel as if you're walking. How you get to you do that, you either have one of these treadmill things, which uh, people have been seeing in, in ECM, but <laughs> I mean, it's, it's all pretty pie in the sky stuff because um, what you'd want is basically uh, everything you can imagine. You could you could say exactly the same thing if someone turned around to you at Lucasfilm and say, what do you want? You know that people would say, I would want to live in the Star Wars galaxy properly. Okay. And, and so let's start be- it with, okay, I mean, let's, concrete things, not the pie in the sky. Give me, like, I'll give you one you to start. pie in the sky. I couldn't uh, pie right, in the sky. I'm saying with fast. actual structure behind them as it pertains to Elite Dangerous, not, if, you're, if your answer is make me the greatest video game ever, it's like, okay, fine. But like, <laughs> so step one, let's bring uh, all of the platforms into one, one server. So like, let's have 
the PlayStation people and the the computer people right. and the Xbox people be able to play together. Okay, so you're talking realistic stuff now, <clears throat> right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, realistically, yeah, crossplay was probably the uh, would probably be number one on the list because you want to have as many people on the same platform as possible because <clears throat> okay. population numbers that would be uh, you know the ultimate um, you know. The bigger your community that can play together, the better the the, mm. the situation will be. A hundred percent. Yeah. The second thing is now I know that peer to peer is needed because it's the only way that they can handle this that kind of um, the the kind the kind of flexibility that they need. But the reason for that they've got that flexibility is because if they were doing client server, the client server. <laughs> demands would be phenomenal on uh, on their end. They'd have to provide um, <coughs> infrastructure, which I don't think the internet can actually support at the moment. So you'd probably need your own dedicated uh, dedicated connections. Uh, it, it's <laughs> Elite Dangerous does a fantastic job, I think, of giving you the illusion that you're all in the same game together when actually the chances are at, at the moment you will probably see people who are close to you or within a certain ping range. So, okay. for instance, I'm not going to see someone flying in Australia because the ping for there is going to be too low and the, the peer-to-peer will just say, no, he's too low. I can't include him in my instance because otherwise it will kill the instance. Unless you, it, unless you wing up. Yeah, but then we've, when you wing up, it still slows you down. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you'd have, to have a, you'd have to have to come up with some kind of methodology or infrastructure which would bypass that. <coughs> Okay. What new ships uh, would you like? What new ships? <sighs> to tell you the truth, I'm not bothered about new ships. Mm. I, w- I would like... Um, I, I think we've got in, enough to cover all the bases. I mean, there are ships that, that which existed <coughs> in the previous games which could be nice to come over, such as uh, the Imperial Explorer or the Imperial Trader. Um mm. If I don't see the Merlin, Chris Jarvis will kill me. <laughs> His favorite, um, yeah. yeah. And of course, the, the Panther Clipper that has to be constantly mentioned and never seen. Uh, I'm not really a fan of the Panther Clipper. I hated it in the last game. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Okay. <laughs> but but um, everybody else seems to like it. Now, the, right. um, basically, a, a spaceship with three wings, a tri-wing design would be mm. nice to have. Nice. Just imagine an Imperial Clipper, but with... Uh, with <laughs> The tri-wing design instead of I, uh, just a I, I two. dig it. Uh, so that'd be nice. What new um, SRVs would you? Like? Well, let's see. Well, obviously, um, uh, the equivalent of a, a speeder bike, equivalent of a um, a heavy tank, obviously a huge uh, equivalent of a of an eighteen-wheeler tr- truck. Mm. Mm. So you know you could carry more than than what you have at the moment. Those, those kind of things they've been suggested again, and again uh, which you know they've been put on the suggestion box on the forums for from time to time. Mm. Uh, and one of the things that I would really love is in just a copy and paste the um, the flight training area mm-hmm. from the new tutorial. Just put that. 
put that somewhere in the galaxy uh, and uh, take the speed restrictions off it. So you just got the asset. You don't need to do anything with the with the actual rings. Just let people fly through the rings, fly like through that, so they could do their own race course. Mm. That that would be that would be nice. <coughs> uh, nice. Uh, see, obviously, uh, I, I think obviously the atmospheric landings. Mm-hmm. Full on. Uh, I know that David Braben's mentioned big game hunting. He wants mm. basically the shooting the dinosaurs from his ship. Shoot, yeah, shooting dinosaurs from a from an SRV or something mm-hmm. like that is, you know, it, that's. I think it's it's pretty much if everybody created one of these checklists, it'll be the same. Where it would end up with this as much functionality in there that you end up being able to play exactly the same. Uh, in the game as you would in an RPG in the, mm-hmm. in the RPG but <clears throat> yeah and uh, would you be in favor of saying that uh, power play mode and BGS anything that involves influence can only be done in open would you be in favor of that <laughs> no this no, oh, you, you, do, you did this on purpose hey you're, uh, you're the big investor here you get to throw out an idea and you're Voice is louder because you just cashed up the, the, the money, bro. Well, <clears throat> as far as the BGS is concerned, no. Mm-hmm. Okay. That, that, that they can, you, can have, you can do the BGS in private, in, in, um, in hmm. private, solo, and open. Okay. But um, I would actually reserve power play and say, no, power play has, has to be given a little bit more variety and, you know, either linking in the, the mission system or, or something like that into, into power play. Uh, and I would also <laughs> say that that one has to be kind of hybrid open only. Hybrid open only. Please explain. Yeah. Right. What I would say is for those people who um, don't have access to the open-only mode, because there mm-hmm. are people who either with bad internet connections or uh, the fact that they haven't played their Xbox, they paid their Xbox One subscription or whatever it is, and they they've only got access to solo mode. But um, I thought that you needed inter- You had to have an internet connection even to play. No, but you've got to remember if you're on the Xbox or the PS4, uh-huh. um, th- the only way you can play uh, online properly against other people is to pay the their Sony or uh, Microsoft subscription charge on top of uh, on top of you know uh, every month. Yeah. So, oh, but you're saying that there are people that play in PlayStation that don't have access; they only have access to Solo. Yeah. Oh, I did not know this. Okay, yeah, it, that's one of the main issues that um, when whenever open only power play was <coughs> mentioned, um, there was a, a whole load of people who said, "But I don't play power play um, open only because I can't. Mm, okay. I want to play it, but I can't." And so what you what you do is you'd make certain bits of functionality available to power play so that you could they could still earn their merits and they could still um do their you know be involved in power play mm-hmm. but um a part the actually affecting the actual background simulation that can only be done by uh people who are playing in open 
Okay, so you're the big. In, I, I I'm 100 on board with now. Saying you're the big investor, you get to to call it. Uh, what do you want to see progress in the Guardian storyline? Well, obviously, I'd like to see the Guardians come back and scare the living uh, poop out of everybody. What do you want to see happen in the Thargoid storyline? I want the Thargoids <laughs> to up their game and scare the living poop out of everybody. <laughs> Okay. Uh, what do you want to see happen with some of these locked sectors and what have you? Uh, I want there to be something in there that will scare the living poop out of people. I'm, I'm sensing a theme here. Um, what do you want to happen with Raxla storyline? I want everybody to, to discover <laughs> Raxla and then suddenly decide it wasn't as great as they thought it would be. Huh. Okay. <laughs> All right. No, See, I, I, have mean, a, I have a pet theory. Go on. I would like for them to. I would like for Raxla to be discovered. You know, now, a week from now, a month from now, you know, six months from now. And I would like Raxla to be a big fuck off planet <clears throat> with a big fuck off Stargate, big enough that you could fly a Panther Clipper through it if if one existed, <laughs> right? But <clears throat> here's the kick: it's turned off, and like we found it. The mystery of Raxla is solved. Now what? And then you find that, uh, you know, with it, there's a big pedestal, like a control thing, like a Stargate, Stargate, like from Stargate SG-1, Stargate. Mm -hmm. But, uh, and then it's it's on a planet. It's a a mile down the road. There's all kinds of, um, like, uh, sort of control, you know, there's ruins that have all kinds of diagrams and shit. And okay, we got to figure this out. But like, it starts a whole process that literally finding Raxla could just be the beginning of the mystery. And then it could be a 900 step process or a 50 or a 12, however many steps seem whatever, where now we're out searching the universe for another set of ruins so that we can find a a, a Rosetta stone to decrypt the ones here. And then you got to find a power source. Then you got to find this and that. And they could literally orchestrate a huge other scavenger hunt that has us stop looking for Raxla, but we're really sort of still looking for the the mystery of Raxla of how to like get the gate turned on. <clears throat> and then yeah. when they're finally done with Elite Dangerous and ready to put it into for realsies uh maintenance mode, they say, oh, and by the way, the last piece was this little control crystal, which is the artifact that we've been holding in the lore from the beginning of before the game started that was found on Mars a bazillion mm. years ago. And here, we've now put it in there and you can dial it up and you put the game in maintenance mode by then letting people jump through into the Andromeda galaxy. And you just procedurally generate another one you did, you know, with with the, the, the first one and you have absolutely no... It's way easier to do because you don't have to accurate. It's just, you know, make it up as you go along and just have a a big other thing for other people to play with. Mm-hmm. How about this one in return? Is that just at the beginning of New Era that um, Araxla is discovered and the Stargate is open and people go through it but can't come back and they end up in the Adronoma galaxy and that's where your base building happens. You've got to start building oh, yeah. up your own your own um, civilization and base. Can you take a there. carrier through there? Well, yeah, why not? Oh, I'm, 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 I'm in. Yeah, I'm all over that. I will I'm move in. to Andromeda. Let's go. <laughs> right on. As long as so, I can take my vet, I'm good to go. 
So basically, we'll show the Mass Effect guys how it's done properly. Um. <laughs> I, I dig it. I dig it. I'm in. Yeah. All right. What? Any any last other other things from your from your uh, you know your meeting with David Braben, pie in the sky, like oh yeah, something yeah. concrete to the game that you can actually make. You know. <clears throat> oh. Um. Oh dear. I don't know. Probably have leave radio as a as a permanent uh, fixture in the game so that when you, you switch onto Galnet News, you also have a uh, live radio next to it so that you can just flip through to a selection of radio stations which you win. <clears throat> you say that as a, almost as a joke, but let me tell you something. I would love to... Now, sort of this has to happen. This can't happen in the game because then they have liability issues of they're letting Yahoo's go out there and say whatever and you never know you know, what, what, what could, could be said or whatever. But I think that the same way HCS voice attack has their thing, we should be able to create an add on that, that uh, frontier development is in no way legally responsible for, has no obligation to. Mm -hmm. And in that you just have a car stereo, like in trend, Grand Theft Auto Five, where it's like you can literally have a community-driven council or group or whatever that <clears throat> like looks over everything and says, "Okay, we're not going to have anything that advocates for racism or jihad or that kind of stuff, sexism yes. or whatever." But just you know, Lave Radio, Hut and Orbital Truckers, uh, you know, Down to Earth Astronomy streams, uh, Loose Screws podcast, uh, even. Even stuff that's a little off color, like Dockers or whatever, like just yeah, just throw it in there. It has Sagittarius Eye and have people be able to just pull it up. Dockers off color, <laughs> just a little, just a little. But it's still it's the with, only look. It's the not, only color. The only color that you need to worry about with Dockers is brown. <laughs> just, <clears throat> yeah, true. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, and no. It's a, actually, it's already happened in other MMOs. The Matrix Online had a built-in mm-hmm. radio player, mm-hmm. which would, um, they had. Uh, they basically pointed the radio player at, at, at just streams that people were broadcasting, and you could yeah. they, that was built into the game. And look at um, how strong that community was when they died. When they killed the server, there was a big party. There was a rave going on online. I know I was like, there. That's, that is a community. <laughs> Look at t- learn the lesson from that. That is a way to build a community that just refuses to die. Yes, that's that is. Um, I mean, I was part of the Matrix Online for <clears throat> four years, so. And uh, I, I don't know if you know this, but Shan used to play this game called Guild Wars Two. <laughs> I couldn't not do it. <clears throat> uh, you idiot! Because you've I haven't got my drink. <laughs> So, well then, then who's the idiot, me or you? Because I've got one right here. Yeah, well, definitely <laughs> me then. Mm. Oh, I have, have to go and make a special whiskey later. Mm. Yes. So yeah, I kind of lost where we were then. <laughs> we were talking about building a a, a radio station for for. Oh yeah, radio, uh, radio in your cockpit. Yeah, basically a radio, a built-in radio player into the game. I think that would be that'd be awesome. Mm. <laughs> okay, all right. And uh, uh, any kind of special SLF, any kind of 
Wouldn't you like to see a, a, a Guardian, you know, medium size or large size ship? What that could be? Um, you know what? I would. I'd like to see those kind of ships in there, but not as playable ones. Mm. Um, obviously, things we uh, fight. Yeah, we, the one thing. The one thing I was a little disappointed with with the Guardian stuff was the, you know, those ma- those fantastic beacons that they've got. Mm-hmm. Right, the ruins have got <coughs> drones which defend them. I was hoping that there'd be some kind of space fighter that Big would defend ships. the. Yeah. So that basically, <coughs> when you go to a beacon, it it you've got to you've got to have guns. <laughs> I mean, so, you, you had to have lasers in order to activate the thing in the first place, but. Mm-hmm. You know, it it was impressive when you turned up, but they, you, you did think that oh, it would have been so much better if they had just little fighters. Mm, yeah. How about this? How about this game? Is the one thing that I love about this game is that it lets you play not as a murder hobo. Like if you mm-hmm. choose to, you can play full on trader or miner, or you could play full on explorer. You could be NASA man and fly around and. <clears throat> Just, you know, be like, oh, I don't have any use for guns or missiles or whatever. I don't have to be a murder hoax. Yeah. Wouldn't it be cool if we encountered an alien race somewhere out there that we did not meaningfully interact with them <laughs> through only trading lead? What if we were to find some alien race out there that were <clears throat> they're refugees from the Thargoids and like they, you know, because the frontier is sort of very... They're, they're, they're sort of very funky, cool with their <clears throat> sort of leanings as far as how they've kind of made things, you know, with ecology. Like, they're, they're, they're thoughtful with regard to that. And mm-hmm. right now, there's a huge refugee issue with reg- in, on this planet. And there's a lot of people coming from a lot of areas. And there's a lot of feelings pro and against on that. And it would be an interesting commentary to have you know, come across some refugee aliens who we had to help out because they're displaced by the Thargoids. Yeah, um, I think that's a great idea, except <coughs> you're forgetting about the, um, what I call the STC factor. Here's the, but I, I'm not at all forgetting that. Because, I, trust I, me, <coughs> I'm not at all forgetting there that. There people I, that will see this coming up and they will try and wreck it. And that's fine, but here's the thing. You make it, and there's plenty of games that have this. I can give you so many examples. You have a personal reputation with this race. So if Harry Potter wants to run around and be a dick and explode shit all the time, he can do that. And every time that race sees him, it will treat him as such. And if I help them out and do missions to bring food and water to them and try to find a planet that matches their criteria to give them a settlement on, then they will treat me as a friend because they recognize me as someone who has helped them. Yeah, I mean, then that does... It, it, it sounds like a good game mechanic. Uh, the, I've got no problem with it. Um, it would be nice to see that for, um, for once. There has been a um, complaint made in the, about the game in the past where, oh, you've got to talk to other people is your lasers. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I mean, that was before the, the, the data scanner went in. Oh, yeah. you know, when the when we first discovered the barnacles and and the uh, meta alloys, the only things that we could discover we could do was shoot at them because mm. nothing else worked. Yeah. Okay. All right. I I like 
I like a lot of these these ideas. I feel like there's some cool stuff we could do. <laughs> I, we always enjoy making uh, the game in our heads, don't we? Because mm. what, what we can make in our heads is so much better than actually having to code it. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, I, I've seen C sharp code which and uh, C++ code, which you just look at it and you just go, that's never going to work. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Well, let me uh, right. let me see if I can land this plane, so to speak. So I know we're we're, we're coming up on your time here. Um, mm-hmm. First of all, I want to say uh, from the bottom of my heart, thank you very much for supporting me from day one, um, or effectively day one. And uh, <laughs> the show is, has become something I didn't quite expect, and. Uh, I can't see, can't wait to see where it goes. And, uh, man, next year when we hit LaveCon, man, I'm <laughs> like, I am buying you alcohol, brother. <laughs> I think we're going to try to get time. you drunk and have his way with you. We're going to have a good time. <clears throat> Make sure he um, doesn't Cosby you. <laughs> shit. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Depending on which page of urban, or which page of urban legend you look up, it could be bad or, or just really bad. <laughs> so, our urban dictionary, our urban legend shit. Anyway, <laughs> uh, is, is, there, is there anybody, I mean, you got your own radio show, but is there anybody you want to you wanna shout out while you're over here or anything big you got coming up you want to plug? Oh, let's see. Um, oh, yeah, well, there is one thing that, uh, that uh, I've got to mention. Obviously, this sort of, um, uh, I got to thank yourselves because it's, like I said, it's always nice to have... Um, other people uh, preaching, if you like, about <laughs> about elite dangerous, and mm. it also reassures me to the the only weirdo who finds this this uh, this this thing uh, fun. Obviously, everybody in the Live Radio crew, because basically, without their support, it is a team effort. It's not just me that does it. Um, it, everybody has something to contribute and of course without Cal's help at all there wouldn't be a show full stop and we do miss the, the original com- uh, contributors who were, who were John uh, Chris, Mr. Jarvis and, and Alan mm. um, the one thing that uh, I do hope people would do is um, go on the forums and look up the sanctimonious stories the sanctimonious stories are was basically back in the back in the day there was um the elite fiction projects uh which were eventually most of them were turned into books uh but one of them was called elite chronicles and i submitted some stories to that but it turned out that the uh, that elite chronicles was one of the kickstarters which failed uh, basically, the Kickstarter was completed, but nothing was ever produced. Uh, so what I've done is I've taken the, the stories that I'd, I'd written for that project and I've gone and put them onto the forums under the name uh, Sanctimonious. You'd find them in the events section. Hmm. Um, and I've, I've carried on working on them ever since. So, you know, if you if you want to pop over to there, give them a read, let me know what you think of them. That, Beautiful, I'd appreciate man. that. So, yeah. I think I think I mean you've got to thank people like Obsidian and and um, uh, I, I hate to say this Yamix because basically <laughs> Yamix gave us some advice of what was wrong with uh, Top Shift because they, they 
the colours were all coming out wrong and he helped us out with that. And of course, Obsidian mm. for just proving that you, you can do what we do in less than 15 minutes. <laughs> 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 uh, so, you know, but... Uh, and, and yeah, I've also got to take my hats off to um, the the guys that turn up at Frontier because they put on um, the guys from Frontier who turn up. They they do some things which you don't expect game developers to do. They they know that, that this community is special and they do make an effort for it. Nice. Um, the <laughs> the Ed Normans and Mister Blobby. Um, <laughs> is is something which will be burned in my brain. <laughs> for until until the day I die, right? On. And if you want, it, um, and if you're an American, if you don't know what Mister Poppy is, um, look up uh, one of the previous twenty four hour streams <laughs> where you find out what Mister Blobby is. <laughs> and trust me, you okay. you it it will it, you probably they're going this British humour. We don't get it. What but, what has been seen cannot be unseen. <laughs> exactly, and. <laughs> So yeah, even though things are quiet at the moment, we we do appreciate what Frontier do, and they they do make a special effort. So yeah, right on. Yeah. Well, I can't thank you enough for coming on here and talking with us, and uh, I can't thank you enough for everything you've done for the show. Like I said, uh, that's <coughs> really all I got. Kai, you got anything else, bud? <laughs> No, brother. I would like for you to uh, talk us out to the end of the show with a proper. Uh, you could go one of two ways with it. You could either give us the uh, the lave radio wrap up style, or you could give us the hillbilly banjo radio style. But <laughs> go ahead and give us a sign off for the show. Okay. Um, oh dear. <clears throat> you put me really on the spot here. I don't have a script that I can actually. Mm, mm. Um, Okay, thank you for joining us on the Loose Screws podcast, otherwise known as Hibbly Banjo Redneck Radio. Uh, we will be back next week with someone far more interesting. Fly Dangerous. <laughs> oh my That's God, great. Great. <laughs>